Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. All right. Welcome to the Save ACAST number 136 with Dr. Torag. Dr. Torag, how are we doing today? doing pretty good uh how how are you doing yourself i'm well it is uh it's a i'm I'm excited for this one i uh just a month ago i had porygon on the cast and it was a similar uh, well we'll see how this episode goes but it was you know a player that reached out just for those listening um and they are very passionate about the game you sound very passionate about the game you have your points that you want to talk about and i'm excited to hear your ideas and Maybe, uh, you know, we can see if there's anything that's uh, like some diamonds in the rough or something that would yeah. be really good for the game. So I'm excited. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, I, uh, I hope to talk about some things, um, just about balancing the melee and magic, um, talk about directions for a new prayer book, um, where they could go, what I think was wrong with Ruinous Powers, um, bad luck prevention and then uh just some some skilling ideas or thoughts about uh the current state of it so perfect um, should be should be fun okay so uh i guess to start off let's just get a, a brief introduction of who you are uh maybe like the accounts you play what your history is with old school runescape and runescape in general and yeah i'll just have you talk about it for a sec Sure. So I'm some Dr. Torag. Uh, you might see me as uh, Kisame Fish Fry, depending on where you see me. Like that's my uh, my name on YouTube. So if you see me in the comments, you know that'll be it. Um, but uh, I actually only play Iron Man. Um, I don't have a main, and I do have a group Iron Man, but it's it's pretty inactive as the that group is pretty inactive in general. Um, I actually. I played a lot, like, back in, like, elementary school. So I, I think you were supposed to be 13 at the time, so I guess I was breaking that rule. But uh, 2005, 2006, played a good amount. Um, I got I got full ruin armor, and then I died in the Kramja volcano and cried, and then I quit. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, oh, God. 
And that was back. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was back with the two minute timer, right? So yeah. there's just what, so so I actually remember this. Um, there, there's spiders in there, and back in the day, it felt like, at least to me, being like I don't know, like ten or whatever. It's like you train combat, you fight like the strongest enemy you can, because that's like what makes sense, right? So like as soon as you get your combat level up, you like try to find like the next strongest enemy that you can like fight without dying and of course i don't know what like protection prayers are or anything i'm just dumb so get into the uh Kramja volcano um i'm getting beat up by these spiders and there's some other guy there training on spiders and he's and i'm like i and then he's like let me hold your stuff for you so then you know it, like you your three most expensive things right and then mm -hmm. give me the rest of it and then i'll give it to you back when you come here and then you won't lose any and i'm like oh that's a great idea so uh, so of course it died keeps uh like the the weapon plate body plate legs and he's like nah you're a noob and then logs so, oh god that, that was nice um it was but, pretty uh, brutal back then wasn't it i mean oh yeah definitely like, people i mean this was like in early internet days, and you would still get those just absolutely ruthless individuals. Yeah, I uh, I, I remember to get that rune armor. I came home after school every day, and I picked flax. Those were the good days, and uh, <laughs> sold all the flax for the rune armor. Okay, so wait, let me ask you this because I know picking yeah. flax technically isn't really a skill, but what were you back then? I always like to ask this: Were you a miner? A fisher or a woodcutter? So, you know, I always thought at that time, um, I always thought the way to go was smithing because rune armor was like pretty expensive, pretty valuable back then. Mm. You could make a lot of money selling runes. So I'm like, if I could just get my smithing up, like sell adamant or rune armor, I could make so much money. Um, but I don't, I don't think I ever have like any skill like over level fifty. You know, <laughs> I, I just like really had no clue what I was doing yeah, back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, I liked, the, I really liked the idea of mining, Smith. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So at heart, you kind of lean more toward mining. Yeah, and I tried to. Um, so, so when I made my Iron Man a, a few years ago, I don't remember if it was twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. I think it was twenty twenty. Um, I wanted to go back to that and do more mining and smithing, but uh, as that progressed, it became apparent that that wasn't a very good uh, route for sustaining the account. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 2020, it sounds like, yeah, you made your Iron Man, and uh, how did you get reintroduced re back into the game? So I had a, a friend who played all throughout, I think from like middle school all the way into college, um, and he was like, you know, they're coming out with group Iron Man soon, which, I mean, it took him a few years to get there, but, um, it was like, let's, uh, let's make some Iron Man accounts. And then when it comes out, turn into group Iron Man. Um, and so I'm like, all right, I'm in, let's, let's get back into RuneScape. And, and I, I really liked it. Um, you know, back when I played, I was there for, I think Hunter had, like, just come out, and I was there for, like, the start of construction, or maybe, like, vice versa, like, the launch. Um, and I, I had no idea, by the way, what I was doing with, like, construction or, like, farming. Um, <laughs> farming was great. I literally sat there for, like, an hour and watched the onions grow. Um, 
<laughs> farming uh, was the most confusing skill. Even when I started old school, I had no idea how to farm. I, I I thought I had to continually water things. Like I I had yeah, no idea what yeah. I was doing. <laughs> I, I still don't know what watering does. I think it, like, <laughs> slightly reduces, like, chance of disease or something. Yeah, basically useless, though. And, and I thought uh, I thought if you didn't log in after a certain time, your things would just die. Like, I thought you had to, like, be there right when they grew as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a common yeah. misconception. Yeah, that – yeah, I don't know. I, there, there wasn't good information for that. I, I think there was a website back then, like – I want to say it was called, like, RQ Headquarters. Or, or like RS headquarters or something. Hmm. Um, and I remember going on there with a, with uh, my friends and like looking at all the monsters and like, whoa, look at Jad, he's so cool. <laughs> or, or like, that's the strongest monster in the game. That's insane. Um, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, com- coming back to it, right? It was for the. For the group Iron Man, we wanted to make our accounts and get going, but I mean, by the time group Iron Man came out, we already had, you know, so many hours in the accounts. It's like, eh, I don't really, I don't really feel like demoting anymore. <laughs> so, so we're just uh, two solo Iron Men. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, and have you had any uh, desire to play a main account or a UIM or any other, or are you pretty... St- Set in your ways when it comes to Iron Man mode now. You know, I I like the idea of Ultimate Iron Man. I just think it would probably feel like too much of a slog to go back through everything. Hmm. Um, if I was creating an account for the first time now, I I could see myself playing around with the idea of an Ultimate Iron Man. I don't know how far it would get before I got uh, annoyed with that. But um, yeah, I don't really have any interest in playing a main. Um, it feels like maybe, maybe this is just me. It feels like it kind of mur- uh, like muddies the water of like what is progression, uh, and you, you you go through like the actual progression tiers, like tier seventy five, tier eighty, you know, tier sixty or whatever. You go through that like way faster than you go through like actually getting that gear if you were to get it yourself. So I feel like the progression you make on an Iron Man feels more rewarding. For sure, for sure. I can agree with that. I feel like most of the time, at least when it comes to mains, it's there There are just things in the game that people do not want to have to deal with at all. And that usually, like, it's more of just a casual experience, generally speaking. Now, of course, you can still play as an Iron Man with collection log as a main, but oh, yeah. um, Iron Man, definitely, they want to experience the game. They want to experience every aspect of it, and they get it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that's, um, I think that's something. It's also nice, um, you know, you're doing content or you're talking with other people, just being able to talk about the different gear you have or whatnot. Um, even something as silly as like, yeah, I've got the master wand from all you know, the mage training arena or whatever, and it's just like, I can't believe you actually got that. You know, it's such a waste of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's nice to be able to have that kind of stuff or, you know, just, like, say whatever. Because it means something on an Iron Man, especially for a lot of that more niche gear. Like, uh, everybody always asks, like, what what blood, like, what am I wearing for, like, it's blood bark. Which, which has use now, but it didn't before. But mm. uh, got the runecrafting level and I wanted to flex a little. So. Absolutely. Okay, so, um, 
let's hear uh, some of your ideas that uh, you've, I, I'm assuming, well, here, let me ask you this before we get into uh, all the topics, but yeah. so what, where do you, or what, what kind of like play style do you enjoy as an Ironman and what are your like ultimate goals on your account and what do you enjoy the most and what do you focus on just thinking about the game and playing wise? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so right now, this account is um, somewhere between, um, you know, raids and Inferno, whatever that means. Uh, I've got uh, like three or four more drops I'm looking for before I start uh, learning the Inferno, but that's about where the account is at. Um, so like 50 plus Cox, TLA, KC, um, no theater of blood Casey, but I have made it to Fersic. Um It's hard finding a group for somebody who's learning and doesn't have good gear. Totally. Um, yep. Yeah. You know, but um, but so that's so that's where the account is. Um, I don't really know what the ultimate goals are. I think it keeps keeps changing, right? So I, I'd like to really dig into the combat achievements. Um, you know, hit that master. See, see what uh, Grandmaster looks like. At least some of those, some uh, some of that skill level. Um, I'm just kind of playing around with it, but um, I do like the challenging side of PVM and all of that. But uh, I always feel like I'm a skiller at heart, you know. Mm. Um, at least I like the idea of skilling. I don't think a lot of skilling is in a very good spot right now, but um, I always like to do it when it's there. Interesting. You can you're you're sounding like me a bit when I was uh yeah. in that stage. I mean, truly I think I was I feel like most people actually that play in Iron Man really enjoy that building your account and skilling's that core of it. And as soon as you start getting that taste of PVM though, your something in your brain starts clicking like, Ooh, I kind of like this other aspect because I've spent so much time just building my account and I wanna start getting a little bit better and i promise like after inferno it's gonna be a huge <laughs> change i think for most people after inferno it's like okay i'm pretty all in on pvm at this point yeah i i hope so um i think the one of the problems with skilling is you, you talked about progression right in your account and how mm -hmm. that it's pretty addicting but i feel like skilling it with like the exception of like i don't know maybe crafting goes into the 90s skilling doesn't really progress your account that much um past you know mid 80s yeah song of the elf even for a lot of skills so it it feels bad because i mean it's just like i don't know at this point like i've got enough crafting banked that i could do for a torture um so so that's that um other than that i think the only skilling that's really necessary is uh getting those agility levels for ring of endurance but that's that's about it yeah one of the uh and i know we're going to be talking about skilling later uh in the topics but one of my concerns generally speaking with skilling and i've seen it on reddit recently a lot too is this almost like this um expectation that um people almost feel like they need to get 99s in certain skills. And I think most of that comes from the addition of the max cape having a bunch of perks. So 
it used to be in the early days of this game. I mean, you just, there was no need to skill. In order to get a quest cape, you needed like 50, like level 50 in most skills. And that was enough. And there was no real incentive to go beyond that besides just, you know, some money makers with runecrafting, double gnats and uh, smithing if you wanted. But now with the addition of the max cape, it people despise certain aspects of skilling because there is this just, there is this like end goal of getting that max cape and like proving yourself. So what's really unfortunate about the state of skilling, at least in my opinion, is just people feeling like they need to skill when they really don't want to. And yeah, I think the problem is yeah. that uh, a lot of skilling is unrewarding. Uh, also on, on that note, um, what, what do you think the highest level of skill should be like for a requirement for a quest is? Um, I actually really, like where they've kind of capped it for the most part i really think around 70 should be the very top for quests generally speaking that's my opinion yeah i, I think that sounds about right um it, because from there you get the achievement diaries and that's mm -hmm. um a lot of that's 80s um and, and I, I guess some 90s which you know i don't know if that's good or not but uh that's it, what it is like yeah. some of it goes a little too far like a bare hand a shark is a little unnecessary <laughs> yeah that 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 does get crazy the i mean at least for the most part well here here's the problem it's like if you're going to have perks and like have a max cape and stuff then you really like the team and the community like we have to really address the fact that okay we're doing this we're offering some crazy incentives and but in order like if we're going to have these incentives we have to stay true to what skilling is and we can't make everything super you know easy like for example i know there's been a lot of controversy over just mining and stuff um and jagex for the most part has been really aware of the state of mining and now they're shooting stars that personally i think shooting stars are ha the update they made to it which allows like every player to be on the star and it doesn't deplete any quicker i think was a great addition um oh yeah but definitely what what's con and and it's good like it's at a it's at a very reasonable xp rate i think it's around 30k xp an hour um you still have to be at your computer you can't just be gone for six hours which i think is also great and you're building up some stardust which you know you can sell for gems and apparently i read some reddit posts where like if you were to do one to 99 doing star mining you would profit like 120 or 150 mil just from all the gems yes. if if you were to purchase all gem packs which you know is pretty substantial um yeah that's not bad yeah considering the intensity is so low yeah so i think mining generally now there's also like just problems with other um mining methods like for example mlm like can seriously be looked at like we could seriously have an honest discussion about mlm and make some reasonable changes that actually make the place enjoyable and the same thing goes with any high level skilling like like the fact that the most intense skilling you do not profit whatsoever because you're dropping everything and that's how you be efficient that feels silly to me like i understand that we kind of have this um view of skill like super high xp skilling as like you shouldn't be profiting in fact you should be losing money for example three tick 4g you're technically losing money 
I don't agree with that. Yeah, I, well, I, I mean, like, I, I agree with what you're saying. I don't agree with the the concept. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And and like Sepulcher, I think really nailed it because Sepulcher is high effort and it's high rewarding and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Like they really nailed it when it comes to that. And I think most other skilling, um, like other skills, should really follow the suit of Hallowed Sepulcher, where like the more effort you put in, you also get higher reward. But it has to be fun. That's the real like key. So it's a little out of order on the uh, outline, but do you want to start with skilling since we're kind of already rolling on? Sure, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, I think my thoughts with skilling come down to the type of skill. So when Jagex was going through and promoting the, or, and uh, presenting this new skill, they really broke it down into utility, combat, gathering, and production. Right. Um, I don't think we need any updates to combat. <laughs> I think combat's got enough going for it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly the skills don't need to be addressed themselves. Um, utility is complicated. I think it really depends on the utility, but uh, I think for the most part, the utility skills are all pretty well received. Maybe maybe minus agility, but at least with agility, you like even if it's pretty meaningless at higher levels, you do technically get something every level at least. There's always some benefit to getting another level. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the shortcuts are pretty bad. Maybe they could update those. Um, wouldn't I wouldn't mind if they made the regen faster or did did something with agility because it it feels pretty negligible from like eighty to ninety nine. I think. Um, Probably matters from like actually eighty to ninety nine, but you know you're not jumping more than a level or two at a time for the most part, so you don't really notice the changes. But um, I, th- I think the ones that really need some polish are gathering and production skills in general. So for the gathering skills, I, I don't know what they all technically have marked as gathering skills. There's mining, woodcutting, fishing, I think farming. Is a gathering skill um and then hunter is a gathering skill which doesn't sound right but i'm pretty sure it is i would consider and, uh, it yeah yeah and then i don't know if i'm missing something thieving or is thieving utility or gathering i think thieving and uh, agility generally are in like that neutral zone i don't really know what you consider either of those unless you're saying uh, uh, agility is utility because then i would say thieving's yeah. utility i think that's i think that's safe to say so I don't know if I'm missing something. Um, I don't have the skills list up in I front mean, of me. I mean, you could say room crafting is a gathering. Oh, yeah, you could. Room crafting is also weird, but I don't know. Room crafting is my favorite skill, um, which is probably not a very popular opinion. Uh, I, I've got the untrimmed room craft cape, so Sheesh. pretty exciting. How did you, yeah. you room craft, though? Let me hear it. Oh, um, I did for the majority of what, like eighty-eight to ninety-nine. I did uh, day alt at CMI. I, I think that's just the way to go. Okay. You get your you get over a hundred k an hour or a hundred k XP an hour. You get pretty decent runes. You get like a good like what like forty-five seconds of like AFK time between um, you know between bank and altar, which is just one click. And then when you actually get there, it's a very nice rhythm of, you know, you know, clicking within a tick, you know, the your 
colossal pouch in the altar, right? Yep. Or multiple pouches if that's what you have at the time. But I don't know. I, I just really like that flow. I think it's very nice. It's extremely satisfying when you get the three consecutive, uh, you know, XP drops, right, each tick. For sure. That was an amazing change. I'm so glad Jagex finally changed that stupid delay. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. It makes the skill good, honestly. It makes it, it fun. It just feels good. I mean, that that is the thing with most... If, if, if people... If they add like arbitrary delays to things, generally speaking, it's not fun. Like it's not fun to just be delayed for no reason. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the most satisfying part about it is just seeing you get runes in your inventory, but you never see the essence come out of the pouch. That's how you know you did it, right? Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. And then I did the, uh, what is it like the, I don't remember what it's called like sinister not sinister energy but it's uh sinister energy. offering or are you no for... it's like there, there's a prayer on the archaic spell book that um recharges red energy oh um prayer. i have it right here uh i never use it so uh vile vigor vile vigor there it is vigor. yeah um yeah, it's, it's pretty much only useful for this, but then you don't use... You can just wear your runecrafting outfit. Um, you don't need to wear any agility, so you get all the bonus runes. Um, and then you don't need to use stams, because just on your way back, you spellbook swap to the... Um, because assuming you're not 99, you, you have to be on Lunars to repair your pouch. Mm -hmm. Spellbook swap over to Arceus, Vile Vigor on your way running back, pray at the altar, refresh your prayer, do it again. It's a super nice, smooth rhythm. Um, I will say I was getting a bit burnt out of it, 97, 98. Um, but for the most part, it was really enjoyable for a long time. Um, and I really wanted it to be my untrimmed cape, but I had 98 and a half level in hit points. And I'm like, all right, well, I just can't do anything until I complete this. So mm -hmm. I had to power through it. Um, but um, actually, on this note, can I bring up Guardians of the Rift here? Yeah, absolutely. I hate that mini game. It is so bad. <laughs> okay, now now I need to, now I need to know why. Let's hear it. So, um, so when Guardians of the Rift came out, you could do it solo, and it was okay. It wasn't a great solo mini game, but you could do it. And then I think a week or two in, they made some updates to how um, like the Rift Golems work, the defenders, and after that. If you do it solo, you basically spend the entire time um, just just charging portals and the guardians, and then you make like two or three like runs to an altar, and that's it. That's all you do the whole time. It's terrible. Mm. It takes like ten minutes. Um, it, it's not bad XP. You get like max points, but it's it's really stressful. And also, if you just get unlucky with the uh, altars that are offered to you in the first like couple minutes um you, you just lose mm. like if you can't make your over your like uh overloaded golems or whatever you just you you lose um but the reason i hate guardians of the rift um is because oh first of all you lose probably 20 percent of games i think just because your team is bad um, 
and, and that was this is on Jagex, by the way. This is, they designed it so that the best way to play for yourself and then sort of get points is to basically sacrifice the team. Yep. Um, because there is the there, there's that like giant essence mine off to the side. And heaven forbid if people can start the game in there. Because if they do, if they can, half the lobby goes in there and they mine the essence. They don't charge any guardians at the start. They don't charge any portals. And then so what happens is even, and I've tried this, um, you cannot as a single player actually repair the gates and make golems fast enough to defend the first initial wave from the abyss if you're in a mass world. Mm. So so then people aren't doing what they need to do. There's not enough people actually taking care of the early game stuff because everybody's going to the giant essence mine. Um, so then you, you lose on the first wave. And it's very, very, very painfully lines up with the fact so that the giant essence mine opens then at the exact same time you die. So then it happens again and again and again. I, I mean, I've probably lost four games in a row just off of this happening and there being this constant loop of people entering the giant essence mine at the end of the game because that's how it lines up. Hmm problem is though that's that's the best way to do it you get like a you get to sneak like an extra inventory by doing that yep so just make it so you can't do that the game would be much better um but i think the real reason i hate guardians of the rift is because of the reaction to people the reactions of people because i like runecrafting right so then they release Guardians of the Rift, and then there's a bunch of people that have never actually runecrafted before, right? They've done, like, I don't know. When they were, like, level 18, they did, like, 20 minutes of, like, Earth runecrafting. And they're like, wow, this is the worst skill ever. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh my god, thank god Jagex released Guardians of the Rift. They completely saved runecraft. Yeah, now and that, yeah. I'd... And then you go and you do and you do Guardians of the Rift, and it's all you're doing is replacing the bank with the little like desk or whatever that you craft the essence at. Yep. And then you don't know what altar you're going to. Other than that, you're just doing rune crafting. They didn't fundamentally change anything about it. Yeah, I mean, um, so <laughs> one of the things is I believe basically I think what they. Um failed to address in that mini just how the mini game runs is like there is a there's a point at the beginning of the game where it's very easy to fail and you could just have yep. you know like what you said like one in 20 and i feel like that is the flaw with it is like the fact that you fail so early on where like most pvm encounters for example it's like it's easier and it gets progressively harder so mm -hmm. it would be more appropriate if toward the end there is a very clear objective like hey this is like everything's breaking down like really buckle up guys because now we, everyone is kind of in the middle just kind of being sporadic and we're seeing like the health drop so like toward the end if that was how you fail generally that would be a lot better instead of like it being basically the beginning and if it's as as long as you could pass the beginning hard difficult part then the rest is easy sailing i feel like they kind of flip-flop that 
in a sense. And I feel like they could kind of rebalance it to make it more difficult toward the end. Although that would be more punishing. But as long as there is a clear objective of how to save yourself from not failing, I think that would be the way they should have designed it. Yeah, there's a lot of things they could do. Um, Just making it so that the best thing to do is to make strong guardians and to upgrade or to like maintain the barriers like if that was just the optimal way to get points i don't think there'd be a problem but it's not Mm. so you do it because it's what you're supposed to do but like technically speaking it doesn't really benefit you to do that so if enough people in the lobby have that mindset you're you got a problem i'm generally okay with guardians of the rift i think my only like main gripes is that and this kind of happens with any mini game that's released is you shove all the rewards into this new thing and then the rest of room crafting kind of just feels lackluster and it it, yeah. it was kind of the same with sepulcher where it's like we pimp out sepulcher so hard at yeah. least at least you know sepulcher has a very high sk- uh, skill ceiling and there's a lot of engagement and fun to it so i can't really have too many gripes against that but it does feel like everything was flooded into sepulcher and now the rest of agility kind of seems lackluster and i yeah i think that's that's i don't know kind of my problem to be be fair most of the agility outside of sepulcher's rooftops which i think most people agree is not very fun yeah Um, it's not no yeah that was back in the early day like that rooftops were literally made at the end of 2013 and i mean they had like (laughs) they had like a five person dev team so just oh, come up with anything you can dude you know what like speaking of rooftops i really yeah. hope in the near future they just pimp out um rooftops a little bit more where the animations look really cool where like you're jumping from roof to roof and instead of it just being like <laughs> some weird just the like the shittiest animation possible i really wish they could like go in <laughs> and make some really great animation you know how like in um I think it's the cannabis course where it looks like you're pulling a Harry Potter and like oh yeah, yeah the, pole the, vaulting. The pole vaulting. <laughs> yeah. Oh like, like they have the assets and tools to make a really cool looking pole vault where your dude mm-hmm. actually just launches. Like they have the tools and I really think they could revamp that J- just animations wise. They could make rooftop f- just seem cooler. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if, well, first of all, I don't know if people know what they want, but I don't know if people would want it to be the same intensity, more intensive, less intensive. I'm, I'm not really sure what the people would want it to be, but if they actually did go back and update Rooftop, I would hope they would add something to it to make it a little more enjoyable than just the animations. Um, yeah, for sure. I feel like cool. s- some of the time it's like, yeah, it's it's really hard to say, like, do you make it more AFK or do you make it more interactive? I feel like at this point, Rooftops really could just kind of stay the way they are. Um, yep. The the only thing I would actually say is maybe, ju- and you're going to have to push back if you disagree with this, but yeah, sure. the most aggravating thing about rooftops is failing when there is nothing you can do about it. Like there's just a percentage of failing. I feel like failing obstacles is very bad gameplay. And it goes... And it's with any shortcut around the game. Like, the, getting to the fucking lighthouse and having to cross those, like, hexa, hexa, hexagonal rocks yeah. or whatever, and you're just yeah. failing nonstop. Like, oh, my dear God, who designed this? It, you know, I 
So there's like those three little rocks between it's like the Champions Guild and Draenor Manor. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, I have successfully crossed that once. Ever. <laughs> it, I, like, yeah. like, I don't know what level you can cross that at. I don't know if it's like 30 or whatever. Yeah. But I've got like 80 some agility and I still fail that almost every time. Yeah. It. <laughs> why? You know what's you know what's really crazy is the wilderness agility um, course. Yeah. Even at 99 with a max cape, you will still fail. I'm like, come on. Let's just go into the code and fix this. Like, why is it? You are a master of agility, and you're still failing this level, like, 50 course out. Like, there's just fundamentally things that we could just look at real quickly, fix the code on it. And also, just going back to shortcuts across the game, like, shortcuts need to be short. When you have to click the individual pebbles, and it takes four ticks to animate your guy going to the next pebble, like, holy fuck. Like, just make it so you click one of the pebbles, and your dude zooms across it quickly, like... We need to get to that point. Yeah, I, 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 you know what you could do? I don't know if this would make people too mad. You make it so that the higher agility level is, the faster the animation goes. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that would definitely be the way to do it. Instead of having any fail rate, just make it so the lower you are, the slower it goes. But don't make it aggressively slow. Just, you know, maybe a, a few ticks by the time you get to 99, it speeds up. Oh, you know what the worst shortcut in the entire game is? Tell um, me. Well, there's a lot, but I, the one that bothers me the most is in Shiloh Village. There's that little rock, like, between, like, the gem mines and Duradel. It's, like, right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And you need to complete... You need to complete a... I, it's the Elite Diary, I'm pretty sure. The Elite Diary, okay. <laughs> I think it was the Elite for a while. So, I don't know if they changed it or not. They might have changed it to hard, but I, okay. I don't remember because I, I got the Elite Diary pretty early because I, 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 I was really interested in the idea of like doing red dragons and like banking all their hides. and It, it absolutely did not work out how I wanted it to, but um, <laughs> that's one of the Elite Diary things that you get noted dragon hides. Mm. But when I did that and I got to the um, to that rock. It has, it has a level associated with it to like clear it, and it just makes absolutely no sense given like the diary restriction on it. I almost want to look that up now. It's 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 so, it's so dumb. First of all, it's it's like literally slower than just taking the bridge and like walking there. Yep. Um, you can just teleport to Duradel. There, there's no <laughs> need to ever use it. I know. Yeah. And, Maybe it's not that one. Maybe there's another one. There, there's some rock where it's like it has like a level like forty requirement to use or something. But then you also have to complete a diary that's like level. No, it's. I, I'm pretty sure it's the Shiloh Village one. And I, I'm not. I'm not positive on this because I literally have probably used it twice. But for some reason in my head, I thought you could only cross it one way. But maybe I'm just delusional. Ooh. I don't. I don't know you, if that's the case or not. Right. Maybe maybe the real power is that uh, there's fly fishing spots on that river, right? So quickly quickly get to the fly fishing spots sooner. Maybe that's yeah, the yeah. true the true power level of that shortcut. True. 
Yeah, the um, other the other concern I have with some shortcuts, like this mainly is Sepulchre, is like you have these grapples and mm-hmm. they've they just haven't properly coded the grapple. So your guy like does like a, a double step to the side oh, and not, like I, like, I, like, I, like let's just speed this up. Like can we just click the grapple and your dude instantly like magnets across within two ticks? Like just let's speed this shit up. Like nobody wants to look at your guy just yeah you like going crazy just you like walk all the way over there you go like one tick to the right then like back a tick from it and then you do the grapple and your dude loads up the gra- i mean the whole process is like genuinely like five full seconds of just come on like that is one of my concerns with shortcuts in general it's like let's just speed up everything like let's just go 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 like the point of it is a shortcut go faster Honestly, grappling in general just sucks. I don't know if there's a single spot in the game where grappling is is not... I don't know if there's a spot in the game where grappling's, like, actually useful. The only spot is the uh, just getting to Armadale. Because you're forced to use the grapple. That, that's true. That's but, true. No, you're, <laughs> you're right. You're right. That about that spot specifically. Um, so I, I thought I was being really clever because I saw that the hollowed grapple works as a serodomen item so i'm like oh this is brilliant i can use the the hollowed grapple in my ammo slot mm-hmm. right and then i don't have to swap anything to um you know when i'm going to armadillo and i get serodomen protection while i'm you know running through god wars dungeon no you can't use the hollowed grapple outside <laughs> of sepulcher so dumb so but dumb why? What, like what's the point of that <laughs> Why even let you like equip it? I I, I don't know, man. It, no, it, for sure, that is so dumb. They coded that it gives you protection, and then, <laughs> it, it, and then you, ah, man. Yeah, it, no, they it, if it would be cool, and this is also something I advocate for is like, mm-hmm. it would be cool to have a tool belt, and oh, yeah. just shove a tool belt in your ammo slot or something, and. It has, you know, your spade, your knife, your chisel, your grapple, your crossbow, even like just everything can like fit in that tool belt. And so you're going around the game and just go go to every single myth grapple shortcut and just make it so you click it. And as long as you have the necessary things in it, your dude animates and instantly crosses. I mean, one of the most pathetic yep. things is like crossing Falador with a myth grapple, which is absolutely pointless in every situation possible. But it's so funny. Your, your it's dude, so funny. your dude grapples up, and then he has to be on top of the wall for a few ticks, and then you have to grapple down. I'm like, bruh, like, just make it so you click it, you instant magnet across. Okay, I am actually going to on my end because I'm for those watching on YouTube, for those listening on Spotify, you won't be able to see it, but. I've sure. shown this before and people are aware of it. But in Yanil, there's actually a climbing rocks spot. Yeah. And when you click it, you are instantaneously put across to the other side. There's no bullshit. Now, obviously, it just looks like you teleported, but that's exactly what everyone wants. They want a way to just get across, have it be short, and it doesn't really matter the animation. You could add an animation, but it's really just unnecessary. Yeah, just make it a. If you can make it not look stupid in a one tick animation, go for it. Yeah. But um, that's what people want. One tick. For sure. If people need to like 
pull out a spreadsheet and do math like do you save enough ticks by doing this instead of running around? <laughs> yeah. I mean, then it's a problem. It yeah. shouldn't be close. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. So, so um, we haven't really talked about the gathering skills much here. Um, and so I think a lot of gathering skills are in actually, a well, maybe not a pretty decent spot, but they're not in a terrible, awful spot. Uh I would say Hunter is borderline in a terrible, awful spot, but I think the the new like food they're adding is is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at least worth seeing where it goes. But if there's like actually a renewable resource that you get from getting Hunter levels that you like replenish and use frequently, then then I think that's good. I am a little concerned with Hunter being completely wrapped up in. Uh, gathering utilities for combat. I don't necessarily like that. Uh, but in general, I think it's okay. Right? Because the only things you ever use Hunter for... There's like... There's there's Implings, which... I don't know. Imp- implings are kind of weird. Um, Hunter may as well be the Impling skill with its current implementation. There's Chin Chompas, and that, which is a combat item exclusively. And then now they're adding uh, the foods and, like, the, the moths and the potions and whatnot, which is also going to all be combat related. Yeah. Um, it would be nice if the skills had an identity outside of combat, because that's where you're getting the people, you know, like, I don't, I, I just want to do PBM. I don't want to do the skilling. It's like, yeah, because it feels like a chore, because it's things you have to do to do combat. Uh, but with the other gathering skills i think fishing is in the same thing uh as long as you're willing to say it's okay because it has some use right then it's all right um farming's farming's pretty good it's pretty much a gathering skill for herb lore there's very few exceptions to that then you've got wood cutting and mine and mining and i think i think wood cutting and mining are really really bad right now um they just essentially have no use they have no value. I like what forestry did for the mechanics of like updating trees, and I know you don't like the the Toontown mini games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just the the events I I have a problem with because I really feel like they just went too far and they made it convoluted. Where really, in my mind, what needed to happen was change tree mechanics, go in and see the trees, and just make appropriate balance changes like the fact that you're making you're getting 25k woodcutting xp by chopping a magic like what is that like we just update it just make it better like make it better and just keep woodcutting as its core identity as just sitting at a tree and cutting and make it so when you have friends cutting nearby it gives you a tiny little boost so you're encouraged to chop with friends and if you want to sweat, you can also do some tick manipulation. Yep. Like that's all. I mean, I just feel like the events is just stupid. And I know people have a good time with it because you're just getting absorbent amounts of XP for just the weirdest Toontown yep. stuff. But yeah, have you um, have you done like a lot of the forestry events? Um, I did forestry for about like three to four hours total, and. Uh, okay. Did you do the the bee event? Yeah. Where you run around pollinate the flowers? Yeah, and you just so try to find them. Yeah. I don't know if you ran into a situation where you have two flowers that are next to each other 
Yeah, that was nice. Don't move. See, that's fun. Yeah. It's it, it's a perfect... You click every other tick on these two spots. It's very smooth. It's nice. Yep. I don't mind it. Yeah, um, there, the, the B one was a little bit annoying because in most situations, when you get the XP drop, that's when you can move. But in the B one, it's like you had to wait an additional tick after the XP drop showed to move. And that was just so unintuitive for me. It's it's unintuitive, but I think when you get it down, it feels nice. Because you, you just watch that one inventory slot, or if the pollen shows up. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, it's, it's not a big yeah. deal, but... If I mean, if they were to add events, like I wish it was just one event or maybe two where it's like, okay, a a little evil tree comes up and maybe there's two of them back to back where you're doing the two tick motion back and forth. And you just stand here and it's mm -hmm. all it's all good. Just something very simple that still feels like you're chopping a tree. It's just some evil one or something, and you get a little reward afterward, and you're back to doing your thing. But I just feel like, and now they're adding more events. I'm like, oh my god! Like, I feel like it would be, I feel like it would be better if there was like a forestry area. Yes, maybe, maybe if, that's wrong. But if, I mean, if they were, it, I'm okay with them going. Like, I think the events and how now every single spot in Gilinor has these events, like, I think that's just, they went overboard with it, and it feels like the entire skill got revolutionized, which is strange. Uh, if they were to have had events, like, you could have just made it so the events are in, like, the Woodcutting Guild or something like that. But, yeah, I feel like across the board, it's, oh, my God, like, I... I try not to think about it because I just am not a fan of events ever. You know, worst, you know what the worst thing is about the forestry update? What? They revolutionized the skill and it's still terrible. It, it's like just... Woodcutting doesn't do anything. For you. Well, okay, listen to this. This is a little idea I had. And this is obviously All coming right. from the Iron Man mindset. Sure. But... What would have been kind of cool, in my opinion, is you know how like um, most crafting generally for Iron Man is just go get a bunch of buckets and go to the quarry and mine a bunch of sand and make that and then blow glass. Yep. I okay. See, so, and you also know how uh, arrow shafts, if you fletch them, like a normal log gives you fifteen, and then every other. Yep here just gives you a little bit more super super weird how that works by the way very yeah. weird but at least it kind of makes sense like the higher log the more yeah. you're going to get so yeah. i was thinking what if there was instead of like a sand grinder machine there was some guy maybe at like um the sawmills or something that has a bucket crafter so you chop your logs and you shove your logs into this grinder that makes your buckets and so Whatever tier, you know, bucket you have, you would get it. And you would also get the equivalent, like, XP for it. So, you know, maybe, like, 5 XP per bucket or something. Just in crafting or something. Yeah. Or sure. or even you could bank stand and just use a knife against a bucket. The problem is, is, like, you'd want to get more buckets, not just one-to-one. -one. You'd want to get, like, a significant amount of them. If you're making redwood buckets, like, it wouldn't make it a redwood bucket. It would just make it so, like, that bucket's not, like, 10 buckets instead of one. And yeah. I was thinking, yeah, I know that would like completely change the meta around and people just want to buy their stuff. But in order, this they? would, uh, it's hard because what we see is when there is a shopscape meta to things, in order to yeah. remove it, 
people demand that it has to be faster than what that Shopscape method was. Do you know what I think the worst Shopscape method is? What? I've got... So I'm in uh, an Iron Man clan. Um, I've got a lot of people that insist on buying raw sharks at Piscarillia. Mm. I hate that. I hate that so much. It's like, fishing's not a bad skill. You get decent resources. It's not very fast, but like you can do it, mm -hmm. right? But then people shop to get the sharks, and it's like, well, I can't really argue with it. They're getting like a, a thousand sharks an hour. I can't do that. Um, fishing them or doing minnows or whatever, but it's like, I, I, I don't like that. I don't like that that's a thing you can do. It doesn't feel... I totally agree with you. I think this is my own opinion, and a lot of people don't share it, but it's really just get everything away from Shopscapes. Make every shop local. Now, of course, this would have to be incremental changes. I'm not saying just obliterate everything right now, but find appropriate ways where, okay, shark currently, like there's minnows, which feels like some weird like mini game where you just get noted sharks eventually, but yep. like just just look at normal shark fishing and like there's a way to two tick sharks on apatol and like just make the um rate just a little bit higher like make it so you, you know you can actually fish sharks and feel good about it and have a way of banking it a, a bit easier and just like go in and honestly have a discussion about like what can we do to make skilling feel very balanced and every method kind of has its place I mean, I was also talking about like big net fishing like years ago where like big net fishing is entirely useless, but you could have a oh, use it, for it with very... What do you even get net fishing? I don't even remember. So, wait, sorry, what was the question? What do you even get from big net fishing? I don't, I don't even You get remember. a variety, you get big sea bass um, and just a bunch of other random fish like cod and I think mackerel. And then you get boots and caskets that give like they're like the like really shitty caskets that give like a sapphire like sixty GP. Oh, okay, um, that's terrible. Right. And I was just thinking, like, dude, this is so ancient. Like, let's just go in, address the rates a little bit. Maybe make big net fishing the best way to get clue scrolls from fishing. Like something where it's like, okay, I want to fish, but I want to get clue scrolls. Like, okay, this would be kind of like the clue scroll method of getting it. And mm -hmm. maybe have some really cool rare you could get from it. Like you're digging up a bunch of trash from the bottom of the sea with your big net and you pull some like, I don't know, rusty harpoon that you could repair and make it into a dragon harpoon. Like, Or just, you know, maybe it doesn't need to be that, but just something that's like yeah. genuinely valuable and it feels cool to get. And yeah, I don't know. I, and I agree. Th there's just so many spots where if we just took a little look, had some sort of council that discusses what could be very sure. well balanced. Like we could fix so many rates and then we are not under this obligation to come out with another just mini game that dominates the scene. Have you, have, have you done much drift net fishing? Um, I do not like drift net fishing at all, but I have no. done about a couple hours of it. So I, I kind of like the, I, I feel like um, I did it trying to get the working up to 85 uh, fishing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I thought it was pretty good. At least for when I did it, I didn't do it for more than a couple hours. Do, was, so what do you, do you like you the method or do you like the XP you get from it? 
I wish the method was a little more consistent. Um, the XP you get is good. Honestly, you get pretty decent drops, too. Like, when I was done, you know, you get 400 mana rays, several hundred sharks, several hundred sea turtles. It's good food. That's cool, yeah. Compared, like, normal fishing methods, at least. I feel like the method... Like, I, I appreciate... like. In theory, drift net fishing seems really cool, especially for an Iron Man. Like you have to go get the jute fibers, yep. you and that's really cool. And it's like enough to make it so you kind of have to keep up on it a bit, but it's not crazy. Um, yeah. And the rewards are nice, the XP is nice, but the method itself, I just could not find a rhythm to it. And I know I understand, you know, you just kind of go back and forth and fill these things, but it's like there isn't it, really rhythm. Yeah. yeah, it felt like I'm kind of just spamming around and just, uh, I, I, I don't like that. It it kind of reminds me of aerial fishing in a sense where you're just kind of like spam clicking spots and it's like, ugh, it's getting... Aerial fishing is, it would be better if it was about 10 times faster, I think. It, it's so slow. Aerial fishing would be cool if your bird traveled at like a, a, um... A speed where it doesn't matter how close the fishing spots are. I know that would kind of fundamentally change. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like you want to get the closer ones, and that's the purpose of it. But I don't, I don't think many people would care if aerial fishing was fundamentally changed. It it's would, not very good. It would be so cool if you click a spot every two ticks, and you just go around and you click every spot in two ticks. It's like boom. It's kind of like a two tick fishing uh, simulator, but you're clicking on different spots, so it's a little bit more challenging. And then. Make it so, isn't it like when you're cutting the fish, like you can only cut one every tick or something? It's something like really odd where you can't spam them or something. I think you can't. I think you can't spam them. Okay, um, you can't. Is it just? I think so. They might have changed it. Okay. I, kind I, of I can't remember. Um, but yeah, something where I think the consistency of it, like if it wasn't like you click and your eagle has the animation and it's like, Oh my god, like it, it feels like I'm glued to this spot and I can't do anything. I just, just I feel glued. I don't there's something like just off about it. I yeah, I feel claustrophobic yeah. a bit doing that method. You I don't know. It, it's really hit or it's really hit or miss cuz sometimes you get a bunch of spots next to you and it feels pretty good cuz you get to like two tick all these spots next to you. Um, but then other times you just keep running around like a chicken with your head cut off <laughs> yeah. and there's yeah. all these spots. You never get any of them. You, you miss the spots. They don't appear just right. You click a tick early and then it takes like an extra like two ticks or whatever. Yep. Um, I don't. You go down to some other spot and nothing appears. You have to run back. And... Totally. Yeah. <laughs> they, they should revisit that. For sure. There's so many spots that need to be revisited, rebalanced given better rewards, given more appropriate amounts of rewards. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, so, when you were saying about woodcutting, you were saying about buckets, but, like, I feel like logs are pretty useless, just, like, in general. Like, what do you use logs for? Like, for woodcutting, like, what what do I need 20,000 logs for? Absolutely nothing, right? Well, I will say, um, okay, so, on an Iron Man, at least is first of all i actually just despise the meta where you just buy broad arrows Mm. i just i think it's i think it's silly again it's just another shopscape method where you just get the gp and you buy it like 
Sure. Again, this would be more focused on Iron Man mode, but that's simply because the GE exists and, you know, like you can just spend your money on whatever as a main account. But for Iron Man, like if fletching really required getting the logs, and I know you do that, like you, you're only getting the broad arrows, but you have to make the shafts or whatever. But like if there was more of kind of an incentive where like, okay, I don't have super high smithing, so I don't have all the arrows to, you know, make with these arrow shafts, then I'll just make bows. Like I'm literally cutting bows right now as we speak, but like... Okay. I know that's incredibly <laughs> inefficient. It's just something I like to chill out and do. But um, so many maples from Kingdom though. Yeah, no, for them. of so many. Uh, but yeah, just like things like that. And then you know, if there was just if you see any kind of wooden thing, like I mentioned, buckets. Buckets have an insane use, and you could eliminate shopping for them. If now, okay, you want to get ninety nine crafting, you're gonna have to get a significant amount of logs now to in order to you know to craft them into buckets and then you make your buckets and just anything that requires wood i feel like would help with that but yeah let me hear what your uh idea is well i don't know if i necessarily have um a solution for this in general okay. um, part of the solution could probably be um fire making is just not an actual skill and if you made it one <laughs> there could be a use for logs for that um Fletching, I don't know. It, so, like, do you have a problem with how they did, like, fletching, like, arrow shafts or javelin shafts or anything where you get more, like, per log? I mean, like the per log tier. it feels off for sure. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah. But I still understand why they did it, and I've never really had that big of a gripe against it. My uh, my my logic, my, like, little headcanon was that the, the logs are more dense. So you can you can make the arrow shafts thinner, <laughs> and, and then they're still sturdy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, what I came up with to justify why this magic log <laughs> gave me like a hundred and five arrow shafts. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know. Even then, though, it just feels like it's almost not enough for wood cutting to be worth it. If if that's the case, because like that's the other thing. I don't want to nobody wants to like oh i've got a slayer task that's gonna you know i've got to kill 200 black demons or whatever better go woodcut for two hours to make arrows to safe spot them like that would be that would be awful yeah so i i don't really know exactly what you do with it and i know forestry you like use logs in the shop so like that's fine i guess but then all of these forestry items just go back into doing more wood cutting, which just gives you more logs that don't have a use again. And it's like, you don't use that many logs for birdhouses. Like, AFK cutting magic trees, like, every now and then, going far more than infinite on magic birdhouses. Um, um, you know, let me let me so just fast. say a few more yeah. things, I guess, that are just coming to my yeah, mind right now. Is like, okay, so you know how uh, hot air balloons require logs to use around the game? Yeah. yeah. First of all, make it so maybe each hot air balloon... Well, first of all, fix hot air balloons. Like, just make it faster. Just, just sure. boom, you're there, boom, you're there, and add more locations, potentially. Even, I was even thinking, like, imagine you could add a hot air balloon to your POH. So you're just... Oh. load into your poh and now have a room where there's a massive balloon and you can use that um there could also be a gnome glider poh room i always thought that was cool and add more gnome glider locations oh, yeah. and make it so gnome gliders also require wood or it's just something where like you this yeah. is now a resource that you're consistently using but make it convenient as hell i mean i think right now 
with the hot air balloon system, you can only hold a hundred logs of each type. Just sure. increase that limit to like unlimited basically. And so your logs now have a use. There's more places to get to that are convenient. Um, I would, I would even go as far as to say, like, imagine, imagine this. Yeah. Imagine, you know, you're doing an herb run and okay. now we have made a system where, you know, the dude that runs the hot air balloon system, he's like, Hey, I have just pimped out my hot air balloon to be able to locate you instantly to each herb patch, like really close mm. or something. So, so now every yeah. herb run you're doing, it's costing, you know, nine logs to get to all nine patches or, or something. Sure. Again, this is me just coming out with it on the spot. There could be some balancing. Yeah. Or it, didn't, it doesn't even have to be that. But it's like now the most efficient way to do your herb runs is to use a hot air balloon and or a gnome glider or something yeah. like some system where it's like, okay, this is the way to do it. And it's going to be costing logs. So now when you cut, when you cut logs, it feels like you're kind of, you know. You know, progressing yeah it would be the, like your law with that is how do you like you have to find a balance where you're using enough logs for it to still feel like wood cutting is useful but it can't be so many logs that you now have to just like forcibly do this wood cutting in order to do these tasks efficiently and you hate wood cutting mm. um it it's almost like there needs to be, like, some... It, the, the problem is there's no content. Like, it, there, there's more, like, gathering skills or, like, more, you know, whatever skills that might use these logs. And so maybe you use woodcutting to do these other skills. But the problem is then you're just locking these other skills or these other methods behind spending time on woodcutting rather than, you know, the woodcutting be rewarding in and of itself. It's just a gate. I see. Right. Yeah. Um, so you need you need some kind of content where it's like I don't know. I, so I've got this in here. Um, this kind of idea of like raid level or like some kind of like aspirational skilling content, right? And maybe something like that uses like a ton of like wood cutting like like logs or or something, right? Um, but it's like as part of it, not in a way that just, um, you know, like a, it can't be like a payment, right? But something that like incorporates them. Maybe you get, you know, like a good chunk of logs in return, but not quite as much or something. Um, almost like a payment. Maybe, maybe, maybe you like gamble with the logs, right? So you can like put up a certain number of logs for stake, but then you have to perform or you don't get back or something mm. so you're i don't know something like that i'm not entirely sure but what do you think of the idea of like like high level content that's based on skilling and skilling like levels i mean i'm, I'm yeah are you saying the high level skilling content no big difference um so high level skilling content is like redwood trees and amethyst or something like that, right? Okay. Um, where it's just like, you're not fundamentally changing anything about making the skill interesting or useful or giving you good resources, at least with how it's currently implemented. I guess amethyst is okay, but 
that that's another topic. Um, I feel like the problem, though, for that is it doesn't make you want to do the skill, right? Like, maybe you want to do mining so you can get amethyst, and then you can get those amethyst broadbolts or something. But you're not necessarily excited for mining to do something related to mining. It's rooted in combat, which I think ultimately makes a lot of people dislike mining. Yep. Um, the difference here is that it is something like Floor 5 of Hollowed Sepulcher. It is some like cool, fun, exciting content that has rewards that improves improves the skills and itself and other skilling content. Um, you know, with these you know progression items, these this gear, right? Um, and it's engaging. It's got you know different levels of like what you can. You know, like, when you can join different, like, uh, you know, you, you make skilling essentially have something where it's, like, progression feels meaningful. Um, there's training methods, but, like, you could do just, like, a lot of this if you wanted to, to, like, increase your skills, right? Uh, or to level up your skills. Um, and then you provide meaningful progression in these skills and, you know, other, like, content as well. Right through doing this, I don't know if that's coming across quite right. Well, just go into but, it a bit more. What do you have any specific examples? Uh, I don't know. I have examples of what would be bad. Um, I think so. So, like, let's say you wanted to you introduce something that's like Zulcano two, except it's more intense. There's you don't take damage because I don't think that makes much sense. I don't think it should necessarily be like. You shouldn't have to be using, like... You shouldn't need a high combat level, I think, to do skilling. I don't mm. think that fits the spirit of it. Same thing with... Volcanic Mine is terrible for that exact same reason. Um, but you make it just so that there is... You don't, like, literally die and lose your drops, because that's barely a punishment in this game, unless you're a hardcore Iron Man. Um, you have to make it so that... You know, it's just you're risking something or there's some kind of punishment forming poorly um, in terms of, like, you know, like the rewards or time spent or something. Um, but you create this content and then the the result or, like, the, the great thing you get from it, it can't just be, like, now there's a new pickaxe that's, like, a little bit better than Crystal. Or... You know, it's an upgrade to the Infernal Pickaxe or something like that. Because the problem there is that you haven't made... Because that means that all of you're doing this for is just to make the current state of mining, which has flaws and arguably doesn't provide you a useful resource, um, you're just making it slightly better. But it's not addressing the fact that it's not very useful in its own right. You can kind of create like a self-sufficient environment of like... Maybe these new kinds of like gear or drops or resources and create like a little ecosystem of these things interacting with each other that's completely separate from the combat part of the game. So this is something you work in and you interact with. You do it how you want, when you want, upgrade your account that way, and it's not locking anybody out of combat who doesn't need 
do it, right? Because that's just going to make people dislike it. It's going to feel like a chore rather than something you get to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it would be a little bit easier to grapple if you had like specific like have you ever thought about a certain method you would like to have implemented and kind of paint the so, picture a little bit better so i don't know if i have anything like particularly um well thought out with this um that's for fine. these skilling methods in general i wasn't really uh planning on getting too into this um, that's that's fine there well, was there was like one concept that I've been playing with in my head. Um, and this kind of sounds like a mini game, but I would see it in a mini game the same way that like raids are mini games. You're still using the fundamental cores of the of combat or well, not combat. In this case, it would be skilling like skills, right? About rhythm, timing, um, possibly decision-making, et cetera. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know why, but I've um, thought about it as squirrels versus gnomes. Maybe fighting over, like, the Grand Tree or a Stronghold or something. So you get a team of people, you're working with the gnomes, and you use skills to um, defend the gnome forces to chop down trees, set things on fire, etc. Right? Um, and you split this up into different categories of skilling. Now, is right. this so, so like all players are on the same team, or is it is like more like a faction war? I think you'd have to make it like um, I, I don't think it's factions. I did think about something like that back with like finding a new skill, but I don't have uh, anything specific for that. I think it would be everybody on the same team. Um, it's everybody on the same team. You'd have one person. Maybe you do it three or six players. So either like one person at each at one of three stations or two people at each station. You make one about um, making cannons, cannonballs, um, and then equipment for for gnomes, right? To fight the squirrels. You don't actually do any fighting yourself. You do one where trees and vines are moving from the squirrel side to your side. And you need to do a lot of, like, quick one-tick movements in between certain areas. Set things on fire, cut things down with different kinds of axes. Right, so maybe you have an axe that cuts everything around you. Maybe you have an axe that cuts things, two t like, two tiles in front of you, or three tiles, or in, like, a wave or something. But you need to move around very quickly between thorns or rocks or things like that that are being, you know brought towards you from the squirrels and then you swap between these different things you use these different kinds of axes um and i think it should flow very similarly to like uh the skulls in toa where you make a lot of a lot of these like one tick movements in relatively close areas right um position yourself well to use these uh you know use these axes in the same in the same in a way that they need to be used to defend, like, the gnome stronghold. Okay. Um, and what would the... Third one? What, what would you the, get from this? So, you can make it so that there are... 
different kinds of axes that are good for the game, uh, like for the game itself. They can have like a use outside of the game as well, right? Um, I I really don't like the idea of just you get logs slightly faster or you get two logs at a time. Um, I don't really know exactly how to make that part of wood cutting better. I guess you just make the logs more useful. Um, if there's ways to get, you know, that this can like work together, maybe, maybe there's more drops from, from trees than just logs. I, I guess we've got like bird nests right now. Um, but what actually, if there were act, uh, let there be different drops from the trees, that could be very interesting as well. There was there was this idea I had like a couple of years ago talking about um, so you know how there's stash units around the game and you need to build them. Yeah. So yeah. I was thinking, what if you had hotspots to build shortcuts around the game? So mm. you have a new shortcut that's not for everybody. You see, kind of like the um, if you're in I don't know building mode or something, or you, maybe you see sure. that the shortcut as what they do with uh, the inconspicuous. You know, things before yeah. you've built the stash unit, it just looks like a normal scenery. Yeah. But when you right click it, it says build and it'll show you, okay, you have to bring out, you know, 200 logs, um, you know, 200 plank, like something like ridiculous, like a big one time payment, but you can bring it sure. there noted potentially. You have to have a certain construction level and, you know, you got to clear the area first and then you build this really nice shortcut that in the future is going to have a lot of use. And then you obviously have to have the agility level to cross it. But you now yeah. have like very advanced and very useful shortcuts around the game that have these hotspots that really require like a big fee. Um, just one up cost. So now like there is a little bit more use now. Of course, they're, they are just one time mm -hmm. things. But now like getting the logs feels like, OK, I'm going to build these. You put shortcuts. enough of them in though, and it, it adds up. Yeah, right? for sure. So, like if you talk about the like the portal nexus is like what like two hundred thousand law runes or something. Yeah, it's a you it's know, a that's... big hefty payment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially if you couldn't buy those. Yeah, couldn't buy them. That would be an awful lot of room crafting. Um, yeah, I think things like that would be good. I think that would be a, a really good thing to drop from, you know, more higher level uh, or more. I shouldn't say higher level. I should say more difficult content. Yeah. Um, I think that's the other problem with, with a lot of skilling. Um, the best skilling method, or like mini games in the game, right? Or like Temporos. Um, I, th I think Zolcano's not too bad. It's not great. Obviously, Sepulchre. Um, but there's not necessarily a lot. And most of them are like you can do at like low levels, like level 30, level, you know, like. What's Guardians of the Rift, level 20, something like that? Yeah. You know, you make some of these where they have requirements of 70 or so, like Zolcano, except you make it better than Zolcano. At least more at least more difficult than Zolcano. I think Zolcano is pretty chill mm -hmm. for the most part. But um, have, have you done any sort of tick manipulation with skills? Yeah. Yeah. What's your um, what's your experience with that? Like, how, and what methods have you done? So, um, the thing I've done the most of is uh, tick manipulation with Chinchomp, for sure. Okay. Um, done a good amount of that. Um, I've tried doing, I tried doing what is it like, one point five ticking Dale essence. Okay. 
Um, I did not enjoy that. Uh, it felt like it was just too much. Probably could have spent more time on it, but it felt really wonky. It's too much, and it's not worth your time. Like, just because... It's not like normally you have to click every three ticks on the rock. It's like, it's literally, it's either completely AFK or yep. it's sweat your ass off. Yep. I feel like that's a huge concern. Let me ask you this. You've probably yep. heard my gnome cube. Yep. Not, it's not my idea, by the way. It's somebody else's sure. idea. I've just, I've been really advocating for it. Yeah, like, you're, you're a team. Yeah. So what do you think about an item that just starts the three tick skilling timer in one click may as well i don't see a, i don't see a downside to it um the reason people don't like tick manipulation is because it it's not easy to wrap your head around exactly how it works so then you have to do all of these clicks you accidentally screw up and you know craft your spiked van brace or whatever yep. and then you have to like go bank again and it's like if it takes you like a couple hours to get it down that's a miserable couple of hours of doing really high intensity and getting almost nothing for it. yeah so and on top of that right. it's you do any form of take manipulation for enough hours your wrist is burning oh yeah definitely <laughs> um the chin method isn't too bad because yeah and I mean, you're also not yeah, yeah. yeah with 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 chin you're definitely not just every single three ticks no, having not. a knife log a billion times yeah yeah um so yeah no i i agree um i think for a lot of methods if you introduce new methods in the game right there's no reason to not just make it so that you don't have to do tick manipulation but it's how it's intended to work as well right make mm -hmm. it so it doesn't feel like you're gaming the system, but you're just doing something in a rhythmic way. Yeah, I think uh, what what really disappoints me and sort of depresses me is how like, and I've seen I've seen so much discussion on Reddit about you know people tell me when when I advocate for the gnome cube, people are saying, well, that's not going to get anybody into any form of. It, it, let me also oh, just say, I am not. I am not. I am not completely like just obsessed with tick manipulation. I'm obsessed with rhythm. Like I, I want people to experience the rhythm and flow that you can get from certain methods. So at the end of the day, it's, this is all just the means to an end. It's not like tick manipulation is the end goal of everything becomes tick manipulation. No, it's like right. optimally I would just, you know, at, at some point we really don't even need any item in the inventory that you have to continually click. I mean, that would be, you know, fun for and fine for some methods, but you don't need it. Like the uh, the objective is like kind of what you said, like the TOA skulls, like just things where you're going back and forth and you're in a you're in this flow and it feels good. Like it just it feels satisfying and you're getting the resources. Yeah. So I, I think Jagex understands that for a lot of the thing because they did remove the delay on mining rocks. They did remove the delay on rune crafting. Yep. They did the the one tick skulls. I think they know it's it's enjoyable. Yeah, um, and I I want them to continue just implementing more of that flow and just making it so it's not difficult for the sake of difficulty, but like it, it's going to take a little bit getting used to. But like the the objective is not to just 
break your wrist to doing all these extra clicks that are completely unnecessary. Yeah. So. Um, oh, yeah. One of the other things I thought about for that um, high level content is uh, flicking gear. Like gear flicking. Um, so instead of like a very, you know, like a skill that's like super common in PBM is flicking prayers, right? Yeah. Um, which. Flicking gear should work fundamentally the same way, but it's just, you know, you are reacting to things around you, and then, like, every tick changing, like, maybe, like what your, your helmet is or something, right? And then doing it, like, in reaction to all the things coming ahead of you. Mm. That could almost work like a, like a DDR-type thing, right? You've got five helmets, so you've got, like, your top four rows. You see the things coming at you. They line up your inventory click on each helmet each tick that could be really fun um you also make it really challenging you could add then like a body swap as well so then it's possibly two things a tick um you could make that extremely hard um but uh but yeah so we could probably keep talking about skilling for for like forever <laughs> yeah. um but uh, do you want to move on to some of the other things in here? Yeah, let's do it. Sure. Which okay. which which uh, are you looking at? Well, let's so let's go back up to the top here. Okay. Um, with well, I've I've got this listed as mainly progression and balancing, um, but mostly I think it comes down to two things, um, and this is how terribly balanced weapons are within a tier, and then I guess some concerns I have with. Uh, the end game gear right now and not the scythe everything else you know i think the scythe still has uses um so so something so a little pop quiz um what is better dps an adamant scimitar or a dragon two-handed probably an addy simi it's a dragon two-handed uh, it, it is an addy simi okay um <laughs> my bad um yeah, it especially if you have a bunch of other strength upgrade in yep. your yeah, it just progressively yeah. gets better. Any any faster weapon as with gear yes. is yeah, it's broken. I I just feel like that's so backwards though. Like it, like like maybe if you want to say like the dragon two-handed sword is like a niche spec weapon and that's it. I mean like I guess you could go with that argument if you wanted. But, like, in general, I feel like the two-handed swords should be comparable to, you know, at least the other things in their tier, right? Like, I should be saying the scimitar is a bit better than the dragon two-handed sword, not the adamant scimitar, you know, something with 30 lower level requirement. Mm. But, um... And, and that extends, you know, the... Uh, the dragon scimitar is stronger than a god sword. I don't think that makes much sense either. God sword's significantly harder to get. There's more, much more to that. Those are, I think, in most cases, just kind of like a spec weapon. But uh, yeah. I don't know why they have to be. Um, but um, the, there's there is uh, a. But it's almost like we've gone down, we've dug ourselves so deep into a certain um, yep. point in RuneScape where it's like you cannot make these changes now without fundamentally just 
completely revolutionizing what combat is. I mean, we've gotten to the point where, sure. yes, yeah, so like there's like dedicated spec weapons. We know for a fact that, you know, you introduce a two tick melee weapon that will be the most dominant weapon by a mile simply because it attacks faster and you get all those multipliers yep. just doubled basically. So yep. there's just something fundamentally where we're just like, okay, like everything's kind of got to be kind of cookie cutter like this, this, because we've just dug ourselves so deep into this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's fine when we're talking about the late game, because that's where the stuff actually matters. But um, when, when I first got into this, I really liked the ideas of claws, right? Because claws are cool. Um, they have terrible, terrible animations. Um, they're really funny. I don't know if you've seen the the slash animation for a claw. Have you seen it's the stab like... animation for it? Oh God, it, Bruh, they're so you, bad. Your, your dude, your your dude does not make any movement other than raising his arm real quickly. And if you're doing it like while you're running, <laughs> your dude yeah. just—it's <laughs> like he's punching. Like it's so odd. The the slash animation is like literally just like a little like wrist flick. Yeah, it's just like it's so good. Yeah, you just go like. like a... You just go down from your uh, head up, yeah. uh, head downward, and you just slash. Yeah, it's funny. They, they need to. They need to. Well, uh, there's no point in upgrading them because their claws are just awful. They're awful, terrible garbage. Um, and, and I just wish they would go back and like relook at some of this stuff because it, it's very maybe not demoralizing. But it's really disappointing, at least, if you're a new player coming into this game and you're like, oh, that battle axe looks awesome, right? I want a mithril battle axe. Yep. And then you look it up and it's like, oh, this is actually just terrible and I would be better off using a steel mace. <laughs> like, um, and yeah, it's because of the speed. Yep. Um, What's actually really interesting, though, is I, I did some looking at the numbers of, uh, you know, like strength levels and whatnot, and it does actually seem like these are relatively well balanced um, around, like, their speed. Like, I, I think the, the two-handed weapons do have, like, roughly, like, that much higher stats. The problem is they completely don't in any way, shape, form, account for player levels or gear you know, gear bonuses. Yep. Um, and, and that's what really kills it. A way you could actually address that, and like you said, I think you'd have to fundamentally, like, you'd have to go through, you'd have to be really careful, and you would have to make sure that this doesn't, like, really change anything. Um, but if you instead applied your, like, personal stats or gear stats um, off of a speed basis right so at four tick maybe you apply a hundred percent at six tick maybe you apply a hundred and fifty percent of your strength bonus or something i think you'd only have to do the strength bonus because i think the accuracy will change the uh, dps significantly but if you did that or and, and then like seven ticks so like two-handed swords you know it's uh you know 175 percent if you did that i think you would actually go ahead and balance a lot of these tiers relatively well um yeah long the... swords are still trash swords are still trash daggers are still trash um yeah but yeah no that that definitely does make sense the problem is like there will always be the meta item 
And um, personally, like, I think it's just ridiculously silly that almost anything has a six or seven tick attacking thing. Like, what is going yep. on? Like, why is there... Seriously, is it really going to take you seven fucking ticks to reload up your weapon and attack again? It's like, it just is so silly so i feel like most weapons like instead of making you know things a bit more complicated with these like multipliers which i I, again i i completely understand and you could actually tone it backward where you know if it's two tick then it only is like 50 percent. but i feel like for the most part most weapons can be around the five tick range so god swords like imagine god swords were just five tick instead of six tick now you, you you could go in there and just address some of the um you know, uh, balancing. And I'm not really advocating for this necessarily, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like fundamentally very slow weapons just feel like shit to use. And maybe, yeah, yeah, that's just, but, but here's the problem. It's like, if, you know, if, if we went down the road of just multiplying it by 150, then it's like, now you just got this fucking just hammer that first of all, will break PVP. And it'll also just make it, it just things get wonky real quick. Um, if if it was my perfect world, I'm not going to dive into this whatsoever. But like the sure. my perfect world is simply like addressing that armor should never in any situation give strength in any style, and that mm. would completely break the game. Nobody would like it. There would have to be so many balancing with pvm like just everything but imagine you could just run around and your sword is really what's doing all the damage then you could have the most fun weapons ever i mean you could have like fucking claws that are attacking every one tick and it's perfectly balanced because you know you just have this and so you just have a bunch of variety of weapons and they're all perfectly reasonably balanced and the armor is all about defending yourself. Like, it, it's truly about defending. So, the yep. the wookses of the game, I mean, they would go out and do naked kills and not lose DPS. But, again, this kind of would turn the game into, like, Dark Souls, in a sense, where you could do naked runs and just look like a fucking badass. But, again, I'm not going to go into this anymore because it's just that is never going to happen, but that would... No, and it, and it probably shouldn't, but... Um... Oh, it would break the game. It would make everybody like it would just make so many people quit. It would it just become so confusing. How do you think people would react to like a rebalancing of like a uh, bronze through dragon tier equipment? Totally, yeah. And I think like, like would they would people have a problem with that? Do you think? I don't think so. Uh, so they, I remember maces used to be about five tick. I think they've all changed maces to four yep. tick. Changed maces to five to four. Our battle axes did they change those from six to five? Maybe they're still terrible. It doesn't okay. really matter. <laughs> I mean, you could. Yeah, I think I think the the key thing is like make it so everything has its niche. So if we're just looking at kind of like the free to play aspect in Dragon, you know, a little bit more like is is just really look at it and think. Okay, most of these weapons can be at four tick, like battle axes, scimitars, maybe daggers could be three tick. Um, but that'd be. That always felt weird to me that a dagger's like the small little shank shiv yeah. thing, and it's same speed as a scimitar. 
that that ever sat right yeah and and the thing is like there will always be the meta and for most this is another problem is like most low level monsters have no defense so you're just going to do the thing that hits the hardest but on the things that do have weaknesses um you could just make it so okay now there's a mace a scimitar and a long sword or a sword and they're all the same speed they all have very distinct values when it comes to crush, slash, and stab, and the strength are all very similar. And now you have oh, yeah. a little bit of variety. But again, this is like so early game where you get past the early game in seconds. I mean, it's just... It's very fast, but that's why I think if you extend it up to dragon, you know, then you're starting to take a pretty considerable amount of time because you're going to be using dragon gear until, what, 80, 81 Slayer? AD Slayer when you're boosting for a whip. So at that point, it's a pretty considerable chunk of time you're spending with that stuff. Unless you um, just run some TOAs with the boys at level at combat level 60 and just pull a fang real quick. And just not, no, oh, but you're, oh, we're gonna, you're, you're totally we're right. We're going to get into the fang. We're going to get into the fang. <laughs> um, I, I I have issues with the fang. Um, but um, really all of this, I think, is the precursor for, uh, I think, the Elder Maul. It's just probably one of the worst drops you can get. It, not well, not like actually, but it's just like, it's the same rarity as the Twisted Bow, and it's, it's just bad. Yeah. Because of the six six speed. Um. Yeah, I. I don't know. I. The Elder Maul is the thing that should have gotten the double accuracy. Not the fang. Definitely. <laughs> Imagine you that. The, yeah. You know where the Elder Mole is? There is nothing in this game where the Elder Mole is best in slot. Nothing. It, it was the same rarity as the Twisted Bow. It should be a one bill drop. Or at least, like, more than nine mil, which I think is where it's, like, currently sitting. Yeah, um, I mean, it's just, it is the highest strength bone. I still believe it's the highest strength bonus you can get from something unless uh yeah i believe it's still that but i mean so. you're right i mean they're in when you're looking at the game through an iron man's lens or just a pvm lens like it really is useless it's got its use in pvp to just be a really hard hitting weapon because for pvp it's like a ko weapon right but it's really slow and it's not a spec weapon so i mean like it's a in pvp yeah. it's a non-spec ko weapon yeah, it's for when you that, run out of spec and you're probably NHing and you're just like you you got no spec, so here let me try to KO him with this other no, weapon. I, I've gotten the old I've gotten the Elder Mole in um in like LMS. It never feels good. It Oh yeah, I mean it's definitely still mediocre, don't get me wrong, which is why it's nine mil, but at least it does right. have its use and people do use it. Now, of course, there's been a lot of weapons since that's come out, so it's continually gotten yep. worse. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It almost feels like if that's what you're doing, you may as well Darok bomb, right? Like you're just kind of like yoloing on a prayer that you're going to get some massive hit through prayer. Um, yeah, no. Or I guess if you four tick or like one tick, like swap like five pieces of gear, it would all into a Darok bomb. Mm. But uh, I, I mean. I, I want to hear your thoughts on Osmumpton's Fang, uh, because yeah. seriously, like if I, I'm just thinking right now, I've kind of moved past yeah. the whole like update Elder Mall because like I had my own agenda for it for so long, and then sure. just, nothing happened. I'm like, okay, whatever. But 
Yeah, I mean, if if, if Elder Maul had been that weapon, that's okay. This is going to be a very consistent weapon. It acts yep. exactly like Osmumpton's Fang, where it's got a double accuracy roll and it's got a minimum hit and a max or a you know slightly lower maximum hit. That would have been really fun to use because then Definitely. toward the end of kills, you got that really consistent KO weapon. Yeah. Um, so my problem with Osmumpton Fang, and I think this is probably worth just like referencing right off the bat. Um, it is level eighty-two attack. Um, and Blade Assailed or Inquisitor Mace, Grazi Rapier are all tier level 80. So Jagex does recognize it as a tier above those weapons, so it makes sense for it to be stronger. I, I guess, like, technically. But I really hate how the Osmumpton's Fang is just better than all of these other weapons that are all raids tier weapons. Yep. Right? Um... And I say the raids here because obviously the the salad blade and the um, and the inquisitor mace come from not raids, but because they're the equivalent of the rapier, which is a raids weapon, I feel like they're raids tier weapons. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, no, and I mean rapier is from a raid, and the other ones are exactly yep. the same. Yeah, I, I think the inquisitor's mace has like plus one accuracy bonus. Yeah, but it's but it's. Yeah, it's. Cr- I mean, technically, technically, rapier still has that extra plus two um, yeah. because of the defender and mm. the defender. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Always has, or sorry, it's only plus one because they had the... Rapier and Sailor have plus 94, Mace has plus 95, and the yep. Defender, of course, has plus two over the Crush. Yeah. So. Oh, okay, right. So, I see. Yeah. Um, but, but anyways, the, the problem there is that you've got Osmumpton's Fang instead, right? It's easier to get. The content's significantly easier than Corrupted Gauntlet, Nightmare, or Theater of Blood. Correct. You can get it from entry mode raids. Yep. Uh, only only tier 50 actually last night i went and i ran one um just to see how it would go so i could like get some numbers and uh i mean i did it pretty rusty and on a pretty bad laptop because i don't have my pc right now mm-hmm. um it was like 25 minutes for the the whole thing um which like i don't have like max gear or anything i don't have rigor um you know, I'm, I'm missing a lot of stuff that would like make it faster yeah but you can definitely, like, even, like, as soon as you can do the, 
the contact quest and like complete it, you can start running entry mode TOAs at 50 invocation, no problem, and start working towards that thing. And that, it, it's just better than all these other weapons, and it's essentially made them borderline dead content. Yep. And, <laughs> like, and it feels yeah. like shit using Rapier, Sailor, and Mace now, because now we're so... Addict. I mean, it's just psychologically, when yep. you start never hitting zeros, you never want to go back to hitting zeros again. Definitely. Um, I've noticed that personally. Like, I literally... I don't have a thing, so. Like, I, I use the thing, and I actually am like, okay, I've gotten to the point where if I'm ever doing any content, it's Scythe or Fang, because I hate hitting zeros. And yeah, it's actually... I mean, it's I mean, I understand those are like the end game weapons that I'm in a peculiar position yep. where it's like I I am just like an end game iron, but like yeah. it is depressing how the fang is and I know people are gonna get upset with this. I've changed my views on this quite a bit, but like the scythe makes sense because it has a mm -hmm. hefty charge. It has a hefty cost to use. Also a two handed weapon. Exactly. And the fang is entirely free. Very easy to get, very minimal hours to even put in to get one, and, and then it's entirely free to use. Like just go, go and use it. And I know I I hear the argument. I just need to just stay on this point for a second. Is the I I remember you know being really into you know having the Fang have charges, and I would my yeah. view at the time was charge it with runes. I've since kind of gone back on. Um, that position and I really think like end game weapons from raids um, this is like an idea I have like you know how when you want to repair Barrow's armor you got to go to your armor stand in your POH or you know go to yep. some place so I was Charge just thinking money. yeah and, and I was just thinking how good would it be if there is no inconvenience to it it's really just Go to your armor stand in your POH and charge this bad boy up with GP. Or and, and I really want it to be charged, mainly because charging feels better than degradable stuff. I feel like degrading stuff ends up just feeling worse. But some sort of armor stand where you're like reinforcing it and it just costs GP. But now you have this super powerful weapon that, yes, I know people will still use it. Mains will still use it. That, that People will use a best-in-slot weapon. But at least it has a hefty charge to it where you're not a very early-level Iron Man that has now surpassed every progressional weapon going forward, and you just now will have a fang that's dominant. Yeah. Because you do have that cost associated with where it's like, okay, I could still use my so, rapier or I could still use my sail uh, door and feel good about it because they're completely free to use. And who, we could so, we could balance the cost, but yeah. So um, kind of on that note, what, what do you think of the idea of using like metal bars as a resource to charge it? I'm actually, okay, so I was talking to Con No One, who I've had on the cast before. He's very into like these yeah. balancing issues. And I, I truly don't think metal bars would solve anything i think it would actually just piss people off and um okay. Okay. And, 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 and 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 the reason i think sure. it, it makes thematic sense don't get me wrong but yeah. so does blood runes charging the scythe it's like it makes thematic sense or barely technically technically the vials of blood is the only thing sure. that makes thematic sense but like i at this point i would be entire i would fully want to relook at the scythe and Maybe even just entirely take out 
the vials of blood. We could still keep the vials of blood, maybe. I feel like it's just an inconvenience for inconvenience sake. I, I really don't feel like we need to just... You could just make them worth like a certain number of blood runes of charges. I, I just think at this point, make it so melee weapons that are best in slot. I'm not saying doing it every single weapon. I'm just saying best in slot weapons that come out, make it so they're charged with GP. Because then there is no... Pro, like people aren't like oh my god i gotta upkeep my scythe with rune crafting or i gotta you know upkeep my thing with metal bars or i gotta upkeep it's like it's all just gp at the end of it so now you do have because iron men also endgame iron men want yeah. a use for their gp and i'm trying to get rid of shopscape but then people are like well what are okay. iron men supposed to spend their gp on and it's like what if best in slot melee weapons have a very hefty gp cost so now you can continually PVM, get your money, and that is the thing that's going to upkeep your weapons. And it is a form of a GP sync. And it makes sense because now you've not completely obliterated the mace, the rapier, and the sailor because those can be the free baseline best weapons. And then everything above that, at least in this period of the game, this year, like we can have better weapons that have a serious cost to it. And it is more appropriate in my eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Um, and I think being an Iron Man, specifically at this level, right, I don't have uh, I don't have a Fang, but I do have a Bofa. Mm -hmm. um, and so right now, kind of like, well, if I'm looking for a new melee upgrade, is it even worth my time to go back to CG? Or, Absolutely not. Or, or, to, or to learn Nightmare, or to do anything other than TOA, because Nightmare's, like, really bad right now, um, I think, because the, the Shadow just completely destroys the heart, like, the Nightmare staff. Yeah. Not not in everything, but, like... Pretty much everything. Um, I, I, think, I think the Nightmare staff is, like, three uses in the game or something across the three different variants. Um, not good. The Fang pretty much negs the the Inquisitor maze. Torva destroys the Inquisitor armor. There's just no point to do Nightmare. I know. It's um, depressing. And I, th I think that's, that's like a big problem because Nightmare was built around these like, um, like lottery drops, right? Mm -hmm. Where drops are all really rare but like oh wow look at these and now they're all like nearly dead content drops yep so and it hasn't even but, been many years no that's the other thing it, when did when did nightmare come out like 2019 2020 2021 i don't even remember it's not that old yeah it's not in a great spot but um i, I think charging the fang depending on the i've <sighs> I don't know. So this is so this is tricky. So it's like yeah. I've got um, so I've got a tent whip, right? And I, in a lot of cases, will use an abyssal whip over it just to save charges because I don't have more abyssal whips to use, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to. I I definitely don't want to like have to go back to like a dragon scimitar for a bit or whatever until I like get another whip to like recharge my you know tent. Um, 
But the fact that it isn't so accessible to get that in charge of the whip is the reason I don't just use it everywhere. If it was just GP-based, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Because, you know, just use it everywhere, get the little XP, or get the little extra, like, DPS buff from using the tent whip. And I can charge it with money later. Or, same thing with, like, Zulra, right? It's like, well, you have to make a decision, actually, about if you actually want to do this content, because you have to get more Zulra skills to charge it. My worry with GP for all endgame content, just, if it's so accessible to charge it, are the charges actually worth anything? Unless you make the charges, like, just so expensive that you, like, actually have to consider it. Well, it um, would... Which I don't think anybody wants either. Yeah, no, like, for sure. And this is not the only route, um to go about it i just think and let me just make it very clear like this would be melee weapons only this would be only the best in slot weapons that come from raids and i just again i just want to state like i think most melee weapons should be free there is something you know i i, I think at this point like well i i don't even know what could be done about like whips and stuff. i, I think that's another topic i'll i'll maybe touch on later but not not in this yeah. but just I think Rapier, Sailor, Mace should be like the very highest level of free weaponry that you can use entirely for free. And I know, you know, it's not going to make that big of a deal using GP to charge things. But imagine like a scythe, like we imagine a world real quick and it doesn't it doesn't need to be this way. But like if a, sure. if a scythe now is charged with GP and you just can quickly, very quickly, go to your armor stand and your POH to send that charge. There's a coffer yep. there, so you don't even have to bring GP. It's just already there. And let's sure. just say Scythe with nonstop swinging costs like, I don't know, 2 mil GP per hour. So it's a very hefty cost yep. to use this bad boy, but you're really getting a hefty punch with it. And yep. the Fang was, you know, maybe like... Again, these are all subject to change. It could be like one mil for a scythe and five hundred k for a fang or something. Just something where okay, I'm only gonna now use the fang in situations that I'm fighting very end game bosses because the cost is just really not worth it. So you just you're kind of picking and choosing where you're using it. It's it's the same idea with the blowpipe. Like you're not using your dragon darts at every fucking thing. It's just. Yeah. You're saving it for that piece of content that you really want to just kill quicker. And yeah. you have a hefty cut. Now, of course, Dragon Darts now. Let me just look at the price. They've severely dropped. Um, they're 800 GP each. They used to be 4K each. Wasn't and, that with the, after the Blowpipe nerf, I would imagine? No, I think it was after TOA release and a bunch of other... Like, Vardorvis and TOA just shit out Dragon Darts. I mean... There probably uh, okay. was a significant dip after Blowpipe nerf, but... Um, yeah, I think Blowpipe's not best in slot as many places, so it's not as much want to use Dragon Darts, right? Yeah, so... But you can really see, like, there is a hefty cost to the Blowpipe, and people are not just right. using the best things at all times. People were picking and choosing, and it would be the same thing with a Scythe. Now, if you're a very endgame player... You're not going to give a fuck about the price, and that's the per and that's the you know nice perk of being an endgame player is you just don't care anymore, and you just spend, 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 and you're getting faster kills per hour, so you're technically not even really losing money. But for and I, when we look at 
early level accounts, especially when it comes to Ironman progression, yep. you can't just have all that money ready to go. So you're not just going to skip all these free weapons just to get to the bad boy stuff. And like, what if there was? So what if the thing was exactly what it was right now, but it was significantly harder to get? Would um, it still cause the same problem? No, I mean, okay. So if we really want to, like, and I'm I'm saying this in like yeah. a way to fix it without you know going into just changing a bunch of things. Sure. The biggest problem is that TOA is very easy, generally no, I speaking. Agree. I agree. It, it, it's not an endgame piece of content, really. It doesn't feel like that. You can make it an endgame content if you want. But and, and I'm not saying necessarily that TOA was a bad thing. In fact, I think it's a net positive overall because it's gotten people to learn more mechanics and get, get a feel for raids, which I think is great for the game. But yeah, I think TOA is pretty it's pretty fun at the very least. Uh, yeah, but you, you can't have these incredibly busted items with something that kind of feels like mid-game content. No, I agree. Um, which is why I was saying, like, if they created... So, if Fang wasn't in TOA, yeah. they release Raids 4, and it's, like, harder than Theater of Blood. Yep. And that drops the thing. Is that okay then? Yeah, like that, I'm just curious. Exactly, that would be okay. But okay. I, I still, I still feel like those hefty, those hefty costs to things really. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, 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 just imagine the scythe was completely free to use. That would have been so unhealthy for the game, even if it's from Tob. Like, Please. like, even if it was from Tob, you're coming out with the scythe that is just dominating everywhere. It's so goddamn good. The cost associated with it was very healthy for the game, and I don't think anybody can really disagree with that. So that oh. is where I really stand when it comes to very, very, very powerful weapons. They need cost associate, um, so, associations. So here's so here's a question. Yeah, we are going to get a raid, or uh, we are going to get raids for right. Yeah, um, it's coming. It's going to have new drops, and they're not going to be very exciting if they're not best in slot. So, yeah, totally. And so maybe maybe Raids 4 doesn't have anything better than Fang. Maybe it's something more niche. Maybe it's an upgrade on some other type of gear. But let's say Raids 5 or 6 or whatever comes out, and it's something that's just better than Fang. So what kind of cost do you give that then? And does the existence of that just make Fang trash? Yeah, well, personally, I don't think uh, there will be something that outclasses um, the Fang in Raids 4. I, th I think no, no, probably not. Great, but that but, would be insane. Oh, but you are saying like, but like theoretically, you're saying like if that, yeah, like like raids, like raids like five or six comes out. Okay, and and that has an upgrade over thing because something will, assuming yeah. the game doesn't like die right in the next yeah. ten years, there's going to be an upgrade to thing. Mm -hmm. No, for sure, and that's really where like okay, like right now in the current year, and hopefully in the next couple years. In my head, I'm thinking baseline, best in slot, should really be the Mace, Sailor, and Rapier. At mm -hmm. some point along the line, because it used to be Whip. Like, Whip used to be, like, that baseline. Like, okay, this is, like, yeah. really good. So, you know, by 2026, I'm totally okay if those are now kind of in the not-so-great, the kind of, like, you know, second best in slot. The problem is, is, like... We are getting to a point where, okay, things literally will just become dead content that used to be good. Like, Nightmare will entirely be made obsolete if things don't have 
some sort of cost associations. So, and it doesn't need to be cost associations. I'm just saying like that is the fix that I think is appropriate. I think if that's the other problem, I think nightmare, um, well, I I guess not the mace, but like the, the nightmare staff. Yeah. Um, like for that to be good, you gotta be using, um, what is it? Toma fire and fire surge. I mean, that, What's the cost for casting that? Because that's not very cheap either. It's um, not. And, like, yeah. No, uh, and, and it's just a really odd item where it's like you have to be auto-casting. It doesn't feel fluid if you're not already in this thing. Like, it's just if you brew down, your guy gets off. fucked up. Like, it's it's very odd. It's good for PKing. Yeah. It's it's a really good PK weapon because Shadow can't work yep. in, PK, in PvP. Right. But, um, Hard saves in general. I, I yeah. guess that's actually the next topic here. Um, are powered staves? Do, do you think powered staves are too good, or are they just like what feels better to use, so we ignore it? Or they're um, incredibly powerful, and yeah. the shadow Extremely. came out, and it is just in so incredibly dominant in almost yeah. every situation. The shadow could have had such a heavier cost like such a heavier cost what even is the cost it's like five chaos and two souls i think per every oh, yeah, five ticks like and it's a, and, and it's a slower attacking weapon so like i'm pretty sure it's cheaper than the sang and yeah. it, it's just very odd to have something that's so incredibly powerful that has very little cost associate associated with it and um so Really, I think that the um, shadow should have been like twice that cost or, you know, something like, okay, I am getting to use this absolute just missile launcher, basically. And there needs to there like there needs to be a downside like the yeah, I, I just think there needs to be heavier costs on these just absolutely insane weapons. Yeah, I, I think the other thing is that. um you don't even need to go that far. You don't need to go to the shadow, you know, which is supposed to be like, I mean, maybe it should cost more, but it is supposed to be like that item, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. they wanted something that like rivaled the, the, the Tebo for like, you know, power, um, which I think it's, is fine, but you know, that, it's like the big ticket item. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're you're right. The thing is, like, the shadow is good, like, basically everywhere. Where Tebow, yeah. Tebow does have its spots where it is just absolute dog shit. It's got to be a like a magic, like like a high magic level for the twisted bow, right? Isn't that uh, exactly how that works? Yeah, yeah. And um, shadow just feels like it's good everywhere. Here's the thing, though. So back to powered staffs in general, like as a class, right? So. In, typically, you're not really using magic where you don't have to, it feels like, um, in combat, because it's it's expensive, right? So you use it for, like, PVM, but, like, you're probably not really AFKing too much, uh, like, spells or whatever when you're doing Slayer, I would imagine. Mm. Um, you, you do Ivan Staff, but then, you know, you get the, the Trident, but then, like... I don't know when you occasionally get like a metal dragon task, you use it or something. If you actually do the metal dragons tasks, yeah. um, like you don't use it at demons. You don't use it, you know. Well, you use ancient spells for barraging and bursting as well. Um, but 
So the, the main content, I feel like, when you're using magic is raids. And Theater of Blood, you're mostly using it for freezes. Correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not very adverse in TOB. Yeah, I mean, you're not really using powered staves at all in TOB. You're just... Yeah, you're, you're just using freezes, right? So, so, that's, so that's Cox then and TOA. And I'm pretty sure in both of those, the Trident of the Swamp does more DPS than the Harmonized Nightmare Staff with Max Gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would. That, that's insane. Why is the Trident of the Swamp better than the Harm Staff? I mean, I think it depends. I, I think the Harm Staff technically is better in certain situations, but there is so much baggage when it comes to the Harm Staff. Like, it's just well, you, it, you need to be on the standard prayer book. Yeah. You, so you can't use Thralls anymore. You need it, to have a Tome. That's actually what gives the, the Trident the, the DPS boost. It's the Thrall. Yeah, the, yeah. I believe the Thrall bridges the gap between the Trident and the Harm. Yeah, that's probably it. Plus, the Harm doesn't get any effect from a Saturated Heart or, yep, and, and that's or Overload. Only, and that's why it's only at, like, Cox and TOA where this is, like, an actual comparison. Trident of the Swamp and the uh, Harm staff. But, oh, it that feels really wonky. Because it's like the... Like, where do you use the Harm staff, then? Just PKing. Like, like even without the Shadow... Like, why is there a, why is there a three thousand, a one in three thousand drop from Fasani's Nightmare? It's a five hundred hour grind. That's just a, a niche, maybe not that niche, but like a just like a PKing weapon. Doesn't that feel? No, it's completely yeah, it's it's completely silly. Um, yeah, but you know now it it just it is what it is. It's a PK weapon. Uh, people use it for ice demon because it's just like like the one niche use it has. If you don't yeah. have a shadow, I guess technically you could use it at Zolra, but it's just it feels so bad using. You always got to set up the auto spell real quick. If you brew, you got to restore quickly before you try to use it again, or else you got to reset up your auto cast. If you ever go to a different weapon and brew or something, it's like got to go back and auto cast. Like it's it's just a mess of an item. Oh no, I agree, and I, it it makes me sad because I I feel like it's like a really cool item. It um, and it, and it was for a time, yeah. Especially just the the concept of you're auto casting this spell at a powered staff rate, you know, and so you know it's expensive. You need good gear to do it, but it's you know it it just does like a lot. Yeah. Um, but. But yeah, I, I mean, it's not uh, really worth having anymore, um, which which is sad, right? Um, and then it's so like, do you think, do you think it'd be worth it to like actually buff so, like the nightmare stabs or not even, like just leave them? Well, at this point, it's like okay, the volatile staff. You know, it's just, it's like, like everything there, like the volatile and the harm are just PK things now. You use the volatile yeah. staff for a PK KO weapon. You use, uh, you know, the harm for that, and it's like whatever. You got expensive PK weapons. The Eldritch has some use now, especially with Lightbearer, where you just heal prayer. Um, but yeah, like if if we were to have made Nightmare nowadays, like if if they were to come out in the game right. now, like that whole system of like three orbs and a staff, it's like. This is so odd. This doesn't feel right. So, at this point, like, yes, they can make changes, but 
you're not going to outclass the shadow. You'd have to make the rates so much more common if you want any competition, any desire to even yep. go to Nightmare besides just collection logging. Um, yeah. I mean, Inquisitors needs a look. Like, Inquisitors needs to be better. We've, it's needed to be better for years, especially after Torva was released. The only thing is is crush is like crush damage, right? I mean, it should be the the best in slot crush weapon, and it shouldn't really be particularly close either, in my opinion. Um, yeah, there's there's certain things like um, the one of the ideas is just, and I think there's a few instances where it would have some detriment, but. For the most part, if you were to make it so you're equipping full Inquisitors and you guarantee a Dragon Warhammer spec using it, like that would be such a huge buff. That would be so good. I mean, it would it would help in so many places. People running CMs, people doing Corp, people doing any form of um, PVM where the inconsistency of landing a Dragon Warhammer is just uh, irritating. And would that be worth the gear swap, though? It would in a lot of places. Like uh, technically, if you're trying to like speed run something, you would just keep resetting or something. Like if you if there yeah. was no other spot for the Inquisitors, you wouldn't. But like if you're doing team content, yeah, just have one guy sure. that like guarantees those hammers, bring in the Inquisitor set. Like there would be so many uses where it'd be great, and that would be like the niche. Like okay, I really want Inquisitors because I want to guarantee my hammer specs. And and yeah. if you were to significantly make a buff to the uh, crush bonus potentially or make it so the max set instead of 2.5 percent damage and accuracy makes it five percent um give the great helm more than plus four like the inquisitor's great helm is plus four strength and addy armor defense the torva helm is plus eight like it's literally double and it's just an absolute tank it's like what is going on like make the inquisitor's great helm like plus six at least so there's yeah, just a lot of no, things I, that need to be changed i, I don't know it, the other thing is like um if you want it to to hold up you kind of you almost have to like future proof it a bit too because yeah. the last thing you want is like it's like just barely better than torva and then the next item comes out and it's worthless again yeah. you can't you can't put it in that situation it's niche um, of being able to land um specs hammer yeah. specs and uh, maybe even any crush weapon spec I, I don't know how that might go a little bit crazy but like just something where it's like okay this is actually valuable in a lot of niche situations that would be good enough oh you okay. gotta combine it with the elder mall give it a give it like the fang effect or something like it right similar that uh, that would be insane yeah like I, full crush weapon in general mm -hmm. and then then you make the the mace and the elder mall and all that stuff uh super interesting yeah or just like entirely get rid of the um normal crush bonus that you get from the gear and just make it so like any crush weapon you're using gets like a a 25 percent accuracy boost mm, that'd be good. like or like that'd a good. yeah something like a fang like you said yeah that would be there, there's all kinds of things they could do that's neat yeah. do, do you think anybody would miss like uh the nightmare items as they are right now where like that would cause a problem or do you think if people are like yeah we're just going to go through and like basically reimagine the inquisitor's gear do you think people would in general be on board with that yeah most people are you just you gotta 
you got to have the discussion. You got to think of every possible situation, which people have thought of. I've had guests on the cast where like they talk about like, okay, what about this? I'm like, oh crap, I didn't even think about that. So as long as all the kinks are ironed out, like it it would be totally appropriate. And I don't think anybody would have a problem with that set getting a, a decent buff. Okay, so so prayer book. Yep. So when they when, when they came out and they they did their video or post, I don't remember what it was, explaining why they were canceling the ruinous powers. What they said is that they tried to. I, I'm pretty sure what they said is that they were trying to take the same approach that they would with like a new spell book, right? Yeah. But that's that's like actually the opposite of what they did. You know, it really feels like they took the current spell prayer book. They, they copied it and they pasted it and they edited it, right? You still have the three protection prayers that work the exact same way. You mm -hmm. still have the prayers that you toggle for like DPS bonuses. Um, it really, from the start with their first initial, like their first initial version, it, wasn't significantly different and it wasn't going to be significantly different than the normal prayer book yeah <laughs> but that's like way different from the spell books where um like the archaea spell book and the standard spell book have basically nothing in common um and lunars even more lunars is like basically utility mm -hmm. uh ancients is i guess a little more similar to the standard spell book but, um, you know, it. all of the spells are basically built around, they have some utility built in, and a lot of the times you're using it for the utility rather than for the, like, the damage or DPS itself, which is yeah. what the normal spellbook was. Um, it, but what's also really interesting about all the prayer books is they all have uses. None of them are dead content. You use the standard spellbook all the time, use ancient spellbook all the time you get a lot of use at our case especially now that they added thralls lunars have less uses but like even still people still bring lunars to like cocks and, mm -hmm. and stuff like they have uses even though they're all extremely different lunars doesn't even have a single damaging spell but it's got vengeance and that's enough um so I don't know it's just very interesting I guess when you break that down and then compare that to the ruinous powers which wasn't that different um and so my idea for what you would want to do with a new book um is kind of re reimagine these things you boil these down to their essential components and you work from there so instead of saying protection prayers um what you do is you say well it's not actually that these protect you from damage they provide some kind of sustain right so that you can stay in a fight for a longer period of time. Um, and then I guess increasing DPS is fine, but it doesn't need to be just strictly numbers, right? Nothing. There's nothing that says it has to be a 5% increase to this, right? That's like very, you know, very basic with like increasing DPS. You're literally saying you increase strength by this amount. Mm -hmm. um, so... Kind of as we've been talking about this, um, the, the one thing we didn't really talk about is the value of certain stats. Um, the community in general seems to really, really focus on strength. 
um, or like melee strength specifically. Um, but on top of that is also percent magic damage and range strength bonus. These are the things that mattered the most um, when we're talking about gear, right? Especially armor, which I, I know you said you don't like, but that is what we deal. Valued. We deal with it, yeah. Right, um, and something that I. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the vibe I got when they were first talking about Osmumpton's Fang is that it's going to end up being a bit more of a niche weapon. Yeah, that was... more focused on accuracy than strength. Yeah. But then, lo and behold, when your accuracy is actually like 98%, it's it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, I feel like the core here of what I want this prayer book to do is to reimagine what stats are actually useful. Accuracy is still useful, but it's not the most important. Defense has use, but in general, if you can increase DPS in exchange for defense, you'll do that nine times out of 10, maybe, maybe 49 times out of 50 even. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty few cases you actually prioritize defense. I guess maybe like the only places like Criara, um, if you're trying to do like longevity trips because Kriar just shreds you. Mm -hmm. um, so, what I would want from this prayer book, and the approach I would take for designing it from the ground up would be, you want to add value to accuracy, to like uh, accuracy levels, and you want to add value to the actual defensive stats of your gear. Um, and then... Um, a couple other things in here that we can talk about in terms of like putting value in like attack speed as well. Um, but I kind of like where I want to take that. So the, the main thing is, um, is getting bogged down in the idea of you have your three protection prayers, one for each like type of the combat triangle. So what I think mechanically would change with this prayer book idea is you really want to not live in the prayer tab. You want to be being more active in your inventory uh, tab instead, like mm. significantly more active, um, or at least introducing different mechanics. So the main thing that I was thinking here is, and I don't know if you make this some target defense level or if you make it based off of the opponent's accuracy levels. Um, but basically, you put on this one prayer, which I've been kind of referring to internally as uh, confide. Um, and you take just straight up reduced damage based off of your defense levels. So, um, so you've got confide up, right? You're going to be hit by a mage attack or something, so you want to make sure you've got really high magic defense to negate as much of that damage as possible. Then, if the next thing's going to be like a range hit or like a crush melee hit or something, you need to quick switch your gear. Instead of flicking your spell or your prayer, you're flicking your gear or changing your gear quickly um, so that you're going to reduce most of that damage. Um, and so that's how you're kind of working through this. Um, so you're, you're changing your gear and hopefully putting a lot more value in different kinds of gear um, than just camping your style and changing your prayers. Yeah. Um, 
so adding like a much larger uh, difference. The thing though is, if that was the case, you would still just eventually die. Um, because assuming you don't, you know, always get your defense down or like up to max where you're fully blocking everything, which I would imagine isn't always possible at um, higher level content. So that puts it um, in line with two other spells, which are two other prayers, um, which I've been thinking of absolve and uh, repent. So basically, the, the kind of theme, the theme there is like sin, like the, the sin is like how much damage you've taken. Mm. Um, absolve absolves you of the sin. Repent is you are repaying debt of like the protection. So how I was thinking about this is you. You camp your gear, you keep switching it, and wait until your health gets low, and at that point you can switch your prayer um, from confide to absolve, and you are essentially refunded either most or all of the health you took in damage over the last, you know, however long. Keep track of a buffer. And then the difference is here, you make it so that you can't use absolve again for some period of time. So you still need to be able to actually sustain the damage you're taking, and you can't just, like, you know, completely just flick every tick between Confide and Absolve and just constantly get all your health back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it puts a time limit on it. So you're, you're, you're never actually taking damage, which also makes chip damage feel way better, by the way, because you're getting your health back so long as you play well. But... You still need to have your defenses in a way such that, um, you know, you can actually maintain this over the duration of, uh, you know, fight. And it also adds much more consistency to what you're doing. Instead of RNG, because instead of the enemy rolling between, you know, 0 and 45 when you get smacked, it's going to be between, like, 0 and 8. So the range of what you're getting hitting is much less. should allow you to be much more consistent in what you're doing. Um which I think is another thing I want from this prayer book, a bit more consistency. Mm. I know a lot of people in the high-level community, um, which I'm not part of, <laughs> but I think a lot, of it, a lot of what makes a lot of content unfun to grind is just kind of that idea of RNG, yeah. the difference between a run being good or bad, regardless of your play, is just, did you hit well? Did you get hit really, you know, did you get hit, get like smacked around? Um, for cases where you can't control it. And I think doing something like this also brings that down. Um, there's still some RNG in the game. I think there needs to be some, but you can limit it by kind of clamping the numbers with this. So then the third part of this would be Repent. Um, this one I'm still kind of working on, but the idea would be you, you don't heal anything. Um, but then you get some kind of damage buff on your next attack in exchange for using it. So you, that really can only be like a KO shot, because you're not going to have any health or anything to work off of um, if you're putting yourself in that situation. Um, so that's essentially the, um, sus like the sustain like method of that prayer book. What uh, what do you think of something like that? So I I like the ideas of clamping things down. So let me just ask you because it, yeah. would this require an entirely new prayer book? Because one of the concerns is like there needs to be enough 
on a new prayer book in order for it to feel like in a new prayer book. Um, the other concern is like with a lot of high level players and a lot of people that have become entirely used to and attached to the current mm-hmm. prayer book, like there are certain things you just can't withhold from other prayer books or else they're rendered useless. For example, redemption, um, that has become like a, an entirely iconic prayer in order to like, you know, heal up when you're very low or do a tight rope skip or do like anything like that, that needs to almost be a thing. If you got rid of protection prayers, it's going to feel very odd because. Well, I think that's kind of a point though. You, if you, if you, if you're forced to have the prayers that are in the existing prayer book, mm-hmm. you can't really have a new prayer book. Yeah. And that, that really is where it comes down to. It's like, I feel like their, their attempt at ruinous powers, their attempt at a new prayer book failed. And I think it's because a prayer book fundamentally is not like a spell book. Like spell books are not used in every situation. Prayer with almost all combat is always used. Yep. And in order to make an entirely new prayer book, like you have to have so many of the features that we already have in a prayer book, which is why a lot of people have suggested that we just keep the standard prayer book and add like like people have suggested the god prayers and people have suggested like yeah. I've suggested just adding a few prayers that are like you know mm-hmm. a judgment prayer that has more accuracy a bulwark prayer that is more like a defensive prayer that you could flick um and yeah. I do I do actually in like your ideas of those three different prayers that I don't think it requires a new prayer book I think it requires just attaching to what we already have so in a situation where if you release these though as they are in the new prayer book they would be dead on arrival because you're not um the reliance on actual defensive gear would mean that the gear that's like actually good in this meta right now right like with strength bonus and whatnot Mm-hmm. is always going to be preferable. And if you have mediocre defensive stats, you can't use these prayers, really. You'll probably get eaten alive. At least that was the intent of like how I would imagine the numbers would work out. So, wait. Sorry, could you just repeat that one more time? Like, I want to say something, but yeah. I want to make sure I heard you right. Sure. So, so, so right now... Um, the best gear is all gear that increases your damage. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah, okay. So that that was the main point. Like, sure. That I needed to hear. Um. But the thing is, is that we've gone to a point where Torva increases your damage and is on par with Justicer, and like. Yeah, Torva's. Torva's definitely something. Yeah, like if we were to have gone down the road of having like an assassin armor where you're literally wearing cloth. And mm-hmm. you have an insanely like that is the way we should go. The problem is that most people don't want that. Most most players that want this game are they just want best of slot everything, make it so Torva's the best, make it so Scythe's the best, make it so everything's just the best, best, best. But we could go down a road where, like, for example, if Raids 4 came out with a new melee armor, make mm-hmm. it really strong, but make it literal cloth or even make it negative or something where it's like, okay, like this is really a spot where you will dominate, but you're going to get messed up using it. So, but so, let's go back to this though with Torva. Okay. So Torva would be really good if you were going against um, 
something attacking with melee or probably range. Yeah, it's both. But you would get shellacked by magic damage. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't protect it, but you would be. It wouldn't do anything. So you, you wouldn't be able more. to use it there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine, but I'm just trying to think of a situation where. Well, the reason I think this would have to be separate, okay, um, is just because of that specifically. If that was the case, anywhere where you try bridge, even remotely, so any raid most well, not most but a lot of high-end content yeah you just couldn't use this because yeah, yeah. it would require you to be in a suboptimal gear at least some of the time depending on what the enemy is doing but it would still be worth your like so with your new prayer book would you yeah. also have piety augury and rigor no like what what happens there like what what are your damage buffs sure. like so so this is complicated. Um, I haven't actually thought of anything specifically for range. Um, maybe I, you'd have to add something in there for range, but um, I feel like the point would be to take one of the points would be to take focus away from range because range has been like the meta for like the longest time. Um, specifically, I think because of rigor, right? The the damage buff is just yeah. so high. It was really. Um, I mean, we've we've kind of come back with Torva and Scythe and Shadow, but yeah, yeah. For, for a while it was. Sure. So um, so for Melee specifically, I was thinking of um, the idea of critical striking. Um, but once again, the kind of the point here is to make it more focused around your attack bonus. Um, and then furthermore, to make it, um, you know, not based off of... Uh, well, not to make it not RNG, right? So there, there has to be some RNG involved um, because this is going off with your accuracy stat. So what I was thinking is every time you make a, you have this prayer on, which you know gives you the ability to critically strike. So every however many attacks you hit, right? Whenever you roll an attack, um, it, and if you want to like. Make it so the fang isn't just, like, also disgusting in this. Um, you know, you, you make it so it's only the first accuracy roll of the fang. Um, <clears throat> but you every time you make a hit, you roll another attack, you know, uh, attack buff. And you, you need to work with the numbers in a way such that the attack stat is actually useful, right? You need to weight that high enough um, so that adding extra accuracy meaningfully affects this like second roll if the second roll is within a certain amount um which you make you know reasonable not um not terribly high <clears throat> you add some kind of counter and then on your fourth or fifth stack of this counter you do double damage so then the idea here would be you have something that's relatively quick and accurate, you stack up a few hits, right? And then you swap to something like the Elder Maul, like like a Darok Axe or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you just smash this like super double hit. So you kind of play around quickly using these attacks and then making sure you get your one like really big hit in. Mm. Uh or something around that concept. 
if you want to, you can increase, you can increase like the critical strike damage or whatever, but then make it so that you can't change your weapon or something like that, so that you can't do this kind of cheese. But I thought this would be a good way to introduce more value into slower weapons without fundamentally breaking how damage is calculated. You make it a swap for these for these big hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Um... At least where it comes to that, like this is just my own thoughts. I don't think a prayer book needs to be the way in order to get those weapons up to par. I think, uh, you know, one thing I like is kind of what they've done with the Executioner's Axe that came out with the Desert Treasure 2. Is like, yeah, this is a, a very cool weapon. Yeah, this kind of load up. And, you know, with the slow weapons we have, like I'm just thinking Elder Maul, for example, it's like, if Elder Maul would have had, if, if if we could go back and people would vote yes to it and whatever, and have the Elder Maul be a sort of weapon where, you know, you charge it up in a sense, or who knows how you charge it. Maybe you don't even have to use it to charge it, but do something that gives that like unleash thing where you would use it to get a critical strike when it's really optimal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I the, My concern... I think this is, and it's nothing that you're like necessarily suggesting. I just don't think there is, I don't think there is a way to add an entirely new prayer book that will, that wouldn't be completely dead content on release or wouldn't have to require almost everything that's currently on the prayer book. So I understand like we could have what you suggested, but it would be for such minimal situations and it would be for more of like a mid-level account type that is, uh, you know, fighting things that generally aren't being like tribrided or whatever. And the other concern is like if we have that, then when people do get to endgame, they haven't had practice with the standard prayer book. And now they're kind of used to this other method of... Uh, it's just tough, and I think part of it is me being quite jaded at the high level where, like, it, we've sure. we've just gone to a point where it's like we have fundamentally built all of our skill around this one prayer book and, like, the entire game, the entire combat system, like, its core is using these three protection prayers, using these offensive prayers, using these other things for certain mechanical things, and by changing that, like, it's 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 either dead content or it's completely revamping or just it's making things um not what we're used to which is in turn a bad thing i i do i i don't think this would probably pass a poll um pretty much ever just for the fact that let's just say theoretically it was perfectly balanced with the existing prayer book Mm-hmm. They're both very useful. It's just a difference of, um, you know, what the content. you want to be doing. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't think it would pass uh, just because I don't think people would want this level of change. But the, these are still a lot of existing skills and mechanics and principles in PVM of gear swapping um, and that kind of thing. I suppose, like, you know, lining up uh, specific attacks, maybe not so much. Um, that's much more of like a PvP type skill, I think. You know, uh, getting 
you know, getting your opponent to like a specific level and then trying to quick swap out to like a, a KO weapon. Um, that kind of thing is how this would work. But um, it, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if there's a way that you could make it, or I'm pretty sure there is a way that you can make these concepts where it, it is still useful at a high level and it is still useful for tribriding. Um, the the difference of whether or not this works. I mean, theoretically, it's just a matter of getting the right numbers so that this fits. And maybe that's not possible. Maybe um, it's it's too ingrained where it's like you balance it for one thing and it's just completely awful for something else. Yeah, uh, I think or, that's, or something like that. Yeah, that's generally what happens. <laughs> I'm not, but again, it's like I am not against your ideas. I just don't think an entirely new prayer book could ever work with that. I think... With our current prayer book, we could have something where you're taking damage, your prayer is getting drained from it, and then there's yeah. that that kind of like what you said, the absolution or the the re- repent, where mm-hmm. boom, you've now recovered, and it's in turn with prayer. Um, I think there is something to that, but I just don't think it could fundamentally fit with a new prayer book entirely. Yeah, and, and I think that's fair. Um... You know, I, I don't know what um, I would want to do with it, but I haven't really seen anybody talk about the idea of critically striking or, or really putting any value back into the defensive stat or the accuracy stat. That seems to be things that people just kind of leave on the wayside when they talk about these things, seemingly. Um, I, I guess there's like Gambit. Gambit was cool, where uh, right you could like flick it and it would give you like a large accuracy buff for that you know, mm-hmm. while it was on. Um, so I guess stuff like that is similar, um, but then, you know, it's not really valuing the stats, you know, a a prayer that, you know, uses, makes use of accuracy. Um, but I thought that was, um, something that would be interesting, like, interesting to explore, um, at least as a concept, because I feel like, the other thing that I think this would do well, it, Theoretically, if it was implemented well, um, is it would give you a lot more room for creating new items. Mm. You know, new gear in the game doesn't need to strictly be like, well, you know, we need to introduce some new one-hand melee weapon. What can we do that's not incredibly convoluted or just, like, strictly kills other content in the game? Yeah. Well, if you instead make it so that it's more valuable in the other prayer book or with these other prayers um, or something, you know, it gives you a wider scope, right? You can get um, new, you know, new gear that's particularly good for defensive stats or things like that, specifically to work around these alternate options, Um, which I feel like could be good at reducing power creep or at least slowing it down making more stats viable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, maybe... It, it would probably be better for reducing defense off of damage, um, or re- reducing damage off of defense, if, uh, you know, there was some other implementation rather than a whole other prayer book. Um, I do like the idea of this, though, for the idea of, uh, you know, swapping or essentially flicking, like, gear or parts of gear instead. That sounds like it would be an interesting 
it's still very much the same mechanics. Yeah. But um, a different like skin coating, um, adding multiple pieces of gear instantly adds like a infinite skill cap, right? Yeah. Where uh, it's not just can you flick one prayer per tick. It's if you if you're really good, you can flick multiple pieces of gear per tick. Yeah, I mean, we see that with all, like the Ohm fight, for example, or Muta Dial. I've seen, you know, people doing the the top body switch alongside praying something that they're anticipating. Ohm, of course, has a weird attack where you just can't know what it's going to attack next, so you can just get hit a forty five in CMs. But yeah. um, I was just thinking, actually, because you brought this up, I was just thinking of like a because I've had my moments where I'm like thinking of new prayers and stuff. I was just thinking like, what would be what would be really cool is like a parry prayer that if you pray it on the very tick that something else attacks you, mm-hmm. then your next attack does like, you know, 50% more damage or something or, but, but the, the, the downside is if you try to flick parry and you miss or you flick it on for more than just that single tick or some something's attacking you then you get punished and you like take an additional 20 percent damage or something where it's like that kind of high risk high reward that does add a little bit more engagement and you then you know you can bring your elder maul or something you can parry switch to your elder maul real quick and just do like a massive hit that is getting a bonus that'd be cool um i definitely like the idea of it, and maybe you disagree, but I I do like the idea of kind of like... Because, like, what these KO weapons are good at, right, is delivering these big, like, meaty hits, right? Yep, yep. Um, so, and that is the one thing they do, like, genuinely good um, outside of just, like, consistent combat. Mm-hmm. I feel like finding a way to work that in would, would once again, like, uh, put a bit more of life into the skill. Yeah. Or, or into the the items. Maybe give a a use to ballista. You parry with a ballista. Yeah. No, I mean you're you're totally <laughs> right. There there are just some weapons that generally the slow weapons, God Swords, yeah. Elder Maul, Ballista, they all end up being PvP weapons because there is a use for ending blows to get those KOs. Because monsters that you're fighting aren't eating food. Yep. No monsters eating food. So when you get to a low enough hit, like you might as well just keep hitting it. But like, if you have like a monster that you know kind of acted like a player where they do eat food when they get mm-hmm. low, then you really do have that need, like the necessity to use a big KO blow. So doesn't uh, doesn't that boss in Desert Treasure Two? I forget his name. Um, the the strangled guy doesn't he eat mid fight? Uh, are you talking about Vardorvis? No. What, no, which... it's like not like it's not like one of the four bosses. Oh. It's like a mini boss. Oh, 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 oh! Him. You're just talking about like the the little assassin guy that comes and attacks you. Yeah, or, or not what the assassin. We... It's the guy you work with in the the strangled forest or temple or whatever. I am. Lo- I am. I'm trying to think of a. So you you go to the strangled place, right? And that yeah. guy finds you. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! yeah. I know what you're talking him. about. I know. What about. I can't remember actually. Maybe he does. I, I thought he. Um, if if you like let him be, I thought he would start eating. Um, Maybe. But... Yeah. No. But you you yeah. could have you could have instances definitely where like 
you have an NPC that it's just a new monster or a new boss, but whenever they get to low HP, they eat up. So mm-hmm. you would have an incentive to use something like an Elder Maul that has just an ending blow that just, okay, you're not going to yeah. just keep healing. Yeah, I think that would be, I think those would be good ways to, um, you know, introduce more gear. When I thought of this prayer book, what I would probably imagine they would do if something like this were to be added mm-hmm. is you intentionally make it underpowered at first. Um, you wait to see what comes of it, if there's any use for it, and then you start introducing new gear and things to start pair it, to like start leveling the viability. Mm-hmm. And that way you don't... Um, you still introduce the new content, which might be exciting and whatnot, but you, you don't shock the the system, you know? Yeah. You can levelly work with it from there. Um, that's what I would... That, that's probably the right way to do it. Although it would suck for something to come out and be a little underpowered on release. Mm-hmm. But um, people are going to find ways to use this kind of stuff better than you would imagine. So you almost have to do something like that. Or, or it's just terrible and then you have to figure out something else um it's very tough i mean we saw the same thing with ruinous powers even when it's almost an identical prayer book there was just still it's just like you can't it's just there's it's so ridiculously hard to balance it it's Mm -hmm. basically impossible it's an impossible task um i'd be yeah i mean it's it's really hard um i guess that's the other thing about um something like this and, and making it intentionally a little underwhelming on release mm-hmm. um, is that you, you know it, it gives you the the time to find what it's like weak points are what it's you know, yeah et cetera. yeah but nobody nobody once again nobody would vote willingly to put intentionally underwhelming content yeah even if it could eventually be good right like I think the Archaeus prayers weren't particularly interesting in their first incarnation. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, they weren't. It was just basically a new teleports and prayer training. Yeah, and then they eventually reworked it into something that's very exciting. Yep. Um, so maybe you take an approach kind of like that if you wanted to do a new prayer book. It, you definitely can't bill it as a, you know, a big grandmaster quest reward, though. Or, or something from like a raid or whatever. It, mm-hmm. It's intentionally underwhelming. It has to be something you can almost just like go to yeah. play around with and develop. Um, the last thing I have in here for the prayer book, I, I don't think this makes much sense to be a prayer, um, but I like the concept, so I suck it in here anyways. Um, I guess it, it's similar to the critical strike idea. So it, this would be to put more value on actually casting spells instead of powered staves. Okay. Um, and this would be the... And also, make it so that you're using more spells than just fire. Because there's no point to ever use a fire, like anything other than a fire spell, if yep. you can. Um, these are just strictly better. Um, but, you know, there are elements. They do, you know, at least sometimes in quests, thematically do things. Um, so the idea here would be... You, you cast spells, 
And then as you're casting spells, you essentially get like a, an inspiration or you imbue the opponent with an element. So then what you would do then is to swap what spell you're using to a different spell. Um, and then, so like, let's say you've viewed them with earth or whatever. You get inspiration of like mud or something. So then you would swap to water surge instead and it would become mud surge. So then you would do this one mud surge attack for this one tick. And then you would repeat the process and you'd bounce between different spells of your tier. Mm. Um, and then you, you do this in a way such that the, you know, this it should at least equal, you know, damage outputs from uh, monsters with thralls, or you can, like, consider, like, boosts uh, in this kind of thing, and you can kind of rebalance through this kind of method um, of swapping your prayers into a way where it's competitive with other, you know, powered staves, thralls, etc. Yeah. Um, we are at a stage where, like, yeah, powered staves just absolutely outclass traditional standard prayer book or standard spellbook um, spells. I mean, and you're totally right. The, the fact that fire spells are just always better and there's no weaknesses in monsters, like, yep. just fundamentally, if we were to go in, this this would just take so much work and... It would be it would be too much, I think, to re-go through and give elemental weaknesses or strengths to Yeah, and, and, and like, if we were to, you know, restart at the start of old school, we could have done something where powered staves are never even a thing. You just have a staff mm -hmm. that's, like, kind of like an air staff and then make it so, you know, all strike spells deal a base of eight. So air strike and fire strike all deal eights and then whatever, yep. and it goes up so that they all have the equal damage per tier, but then you have those weaknesses, and then instead of ever introducing a trident, you would have like the new, you know, water trident, which only really sure. focuses on water spells that are really good. And then you'd have some other sort. Yep. But the problem is, we've just gone to the point where just magic is magic, and there's no such thing yep. as weaknesses. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, so it's just so tough well, this at this be, point. This wouldn't be adding like weaknesses in though. Um, this would essentially be around using those concepts for combo runes, right? And then just finding ways to, like, turn those into stronger spells that you can only occasionally use or use every once in a while mm. and put value into the other spells. That, I mean, um, it, it definitely makes sense, but it just, it's it's one of those things where, let's just imagine you're tridenting something. I mean, mm -hmm. at that point, do you just go into your spellbook and use the spell occasionally like how does how would that work or are you assuming that people are using non-powered staves and i think are, you'd have to use uh you, you would design it so that you wouldn't be using a non-powered stave i think okay you can even make it a like requirement that you have to be auto casting or like you have to be able to auto cast Thing for something like this to work and then you just run into the problem of almost every weapon where you're just auto casting standard spells is ridiculously worse than their counterparts which are the powered weapons mm -hmm. so then it's like eh, why even do this for the for the combos yeah but then it's like what you would either have to make the combo so good to where it actually balances out or yeah, it's just dead content purpose. i think okay. that would have to be the purpose you you balance the you, you make the combo spells um, 
so that they do, you know, like significantly increase damage. And then you make it so that it balances out not only with powered staffs, but with powered staffs and thralls. I so see. that it's like actually useful. Or you make it so the combo spells additionally scale with like your magic level. So you still get some benefit from saturated heart. Or that would be, overload. yeah, that would. That I feel like needs to change regardless. I feel like this, the your magic level should be doing something to the standard spells. But again, it's like we've just gone so far away from standard spells. It's like there be. Doesn't fire surge do twenty four damage? Like nationally? Yeah, yeah I think so. So, but... so one less than Ivan's blast. Probably, but then you have the tome, which is just the weirdest thing. Just anything that gives fifty, like we, you got to understand, like there are some fundamental issues when you have an item that does fifty percent more damage. And it, still make it, and it still doesn't make it good. That's I know. The problem. I know. I, that's what's weird. You have to be absolutely fully decked out, and then it doesn't. Like, there's no use to boosting your magic level because that doesn't do anything. It's just, it's a mess. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I, they never will because it would be so complicated. But I do really wish they could go through and fundamentally update magic. Yeah, I mean, I always love, I always love the conversations because, like, I talk about this with a bunch of guests as well. Like, what, you know, theoretically would be really cool. I know, like those early casts, uh, early casts with BC Guppy, especially where we're just theory crafting numbers of how to rebalance everything it's like it's really fun to talk about because there could be some really good positives but it's so complicated and people just they don't they just want weapon to go burr at this point yeah there's no way you'd get 70 percent of people to agree on something like this yeah because you either you, you either make it balanced and then it's almost dead content. Mm-hmm. Um, or you make it stronger and it changes the meta. And people probably wouldn't like that either. Yeah. You know, no no drop or anything. You're just introducing more DPS. Exactly. Um, magic progression in general is terrible. Um, yep. The new Warp Scepter is a great item for, for kind of remedying that slightly. Um because it's something between the, the massive gap between Ivan's Blast and Trident. Um, at least on an Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Right. Because on an Iron Man, you get Ivan's Blast in your first 40 hours of playing or something like that. And then you need 87 Slayer before you get the Trident. Seeing that for hundreds of hours. Um, weird. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, so those were um, mostly the ideas of the prayer book, uh, or at least the concepts of putting more value back in undervalued stats, which was kind of like the core of it. And, and I guess also reducing some RNG by making, you know, like some uh, designated moments of, uh, you know, taking less damage or dealing increased damage, whatnot. Which, whether or not this would be a new prayer, I like the ideas, and I'd like to see them talked about, I, I guess, a bit. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, last, I think the last topic is bad luck prevention. 
Yeah, I don't think um, we're going to have too much uh, to disagree on this, but so a term I've, I've kind of used with myself, not very exciting, is uh, statistically reasonable, um, which would basically be when we're talking about gear or drops, um, for what percentage of people or like what, you know, statistically, um, you know, are people going to spend how much time are they going to spend doing this content for this drop um and is that reasonable and so part of being an iron man is going dry um and, and i don't think that's a problem necessarily i just think there are some cases where it's unreasonable and you're you're basically just making parts of the game inaccessible because you're unlucky which i don't think is good mm. um so the the, the, the big thing in here is that going 7x or 8x dry on an item is significantly more common than you think it is. Um, or at least than people think it is. So going 8x is like extremely severe, um, and it sounds like one of the worst things that could happen. There's like what, like 120,000 players online right now? Um, out of those, about 40 of them, if you had them all just, like, go do a piece of content, about 40 of them would go 8x dry on it. Mm -hmm. Which sounds like that's not that many, but if you look at all the items in the collection log, you're, like, pretty likely to go 7x dry on something in the collection log. Um, or, or multiple things, right? Um, and so you just need to pray to God that what you're going to go 7x on or 8x or whatever is not terrible you know hopefully you don't go 8x on your enhanced weapon seat or ellie if you go <laughs> oh my god if you go 8x on ellie it hopefully hope to god you don't go 8x on the nightmare or on like an orb from nightmare yep or uh, even worse the nightmare jar can you imagine going 32,000 fasani's nightmare it, it's unbelievable and it's so fasani's nightmare correct me if i'm wrong here if you get six kills an hour it's pretty good right yeah yeah so six kills an hour one in three thousand drop of fasani's which is the fastest way to do it you go 8x which people will online right now um that's a four thousand hour grind and just to contextualize what 4,000 hours actually means or what that looks like. If you take somebody who plays and they do two hours of Fasani's Nightmare every day, religiously, that's not including prep or gear, or like prepping, getting resources, supplies, uh, whatever. It's just you're doing two dedicated hours of Fasani's Nightmare every single day. Mm -hmm. It would take you like six and a half years to get that drop. Yep. I think that's unreasonable. And it statistically will happen, right? Like, th this isn't like a, a fairy tale. Like, this will happen. Pray to God it's not you, you know? Um, but I think when we're talking that kind of thing, we're talking about thousands of hours. For some items, right, it also depends on the item. That, that's the worst thing. This is like dead content we're talking about for the most part. Um, for some items, like, is it actually reasonable to go that dry or... Not only to go that dry, but to spend that much time physically on an item. Which, at the end of the day, it's a game. It is supposed to be fun. And 
by the time you actually got this orb, there's going to be so many things out that are just better than it or other content that you can't do. And you're just, depending on what it is, you're just locking yourself out of being able to play the game. So what do you recommend? Yeah, that's that's a good question. So uh, the first thing is, is there should should there actually be a solution to that? Do you think? Well, um, like, like, what do uh, you think? So uh, first of all, uh, with with the Desert Treasure two release, they did something where you're getting invisible rolls, and it yep. makes things more consistent. Yep. Same um, with the Venetter shards. Yeah. They make it a five drop. Exactly. So you're getting things very consistently, but you're ruining that feeling of i could get this one kc or i could get a back-to-back of that yeah. particular item like you're you're kind of removing that it's it's way less likely to you know just spoon uncontrollably which people do like i mean people like to get lucky oh, yeah. and, they, and they like to flex it they like to get the one kc item they like to get the they people even enjoy being able to flex their dryness i oh it, definitely i yeah. just went uh I sent you my collection log on it. I went uh, 2,063 demonic gorillas for my first Zenite. Jesus Christ. Yep. Yeah, no, I, nearly seven. I had the, the worst rate-wise I've gone on something significant was in between one unsired and the next, I went 874. Oh, my God. That's terrible. That's, yeah. That was, that was the most ridiculous. Right? Yep. One in 100. Right that was um, the most ridiculous. I've got somebody in my clan who went uh, like 1,060 KC for their first uh, Zanny Spear. Yeah, Jesus. It, it sucks because you need two. I, I need four Zenites. I yep. still don't have any more. Um, so the I think the main problem is coming out with content like Nightmare Orbs, where it's like, what the fuck is this drop rate? Like, what is going on? Like, just... yeah. At this point, you got to make things reasonable. Um, I think they did a really good job with TOA making things not super daunting. Like I, I think, mm-hmm. I think Chambers. I think it's like five hundred hours or something for a Tebow. Maybe it's yes. a little bit less if you're efficient. But I mean, it's something where, like, dude, what? if you, you go dry on this, you are going to be hating your life. Oh yeah, um, I mean. Especially if you go, not only just dry, like 2x sucks. Yeah. 8x is, you, you can't get it. Yeah, so right? I think like, fundamentally, just making things less, I've, I've all, I had stated this a while ago, like I don't think any item in the entire game besides, uh, when, oh, okay, so I mean like PVM upgrades. I mean like things that you can, reason, I'm not saying third age, I'm not saying pets. That content. Yeah. But cosmetics, I think cosmetics pets. Feel free to leave them as rare as you want, I guess, because they don't technically do anything for you. Yeah, um, and there still is something to be reasoned there as well. But there are yeah. things that fundamentally are supposed to be rare, which is like third age, like that. Yes. That we've all agreed, like those should remain big ticket items. Um, but really, when it comes to gear progression, I don't think anything should surpass two hundred hours base rate efficient. Like, mm. like no item, regardless, like any, like a Scythe, Tebow, like if, if we have a Raids 4 come out, nothing really should be more rare items-wise than 200 hours. Then 
you can have the flex stuff where it comes to like getting capes and stuff like that's cool to attach more hours to but yeah i think 200 is like really that limit for me personally you know i think that's fair Uh, that's something where you know we go back to that same example you're dedicated you play two hours every day you know um and then yeah so it would take you a few months to get it then but i think that's i think that's reasonable yeah uh the problem is then it's like we say like well this should be like 200 hours so like people go five six x dry right mm-hmm. so then you know for no fault of their own they're gonna take 1200 hours yeah uh, and so so there, there's a few things i thought of for this okay um the first one is as content gets older and it becomes less uh valuable less um desirable to do do you go back and you update some of the stuff like if somebody just went to nightmare and you just started slashing all of the drop rates uh, would that actually be a problem with that like if if nightmare actually had reasonable drops where like you could go there and reasonably get what you wanted in a couple hundred hours yeah no that that should be the anybody that should literally be the – I am the one person – there's a few yeah. people, but I am one of those people that would be the one guy that would be like, no, don't touch it because I had to do the worst grind. I am literally advocating like, bruh, yeah. there should be no reason why getting one drop there is a 1 in 160. That is unbelievably cringe. And I was, I was doing it when it was even worse. Like I was doing normal solos that take 20 minutes. And the drop is one in a hundred, like fucking 20, like you're, you'd get an item every 35 hours. It's just ridiculous. So, and it would be a nightmare staff your 10th one that I would get. And I'm just like, oh my God. So if they could seriously drop down the rates, I'm not even kidding to one in 50 to get an item, like literally three X the, just the rarity, like just make it three times more common just go in there and look at the orbs like those are ridiculous they they shouldn't even be one in a thousand for an orb like they should be like one in you know 750 or whatever yeah 500 even like just something that's very reasonable i mean the the stuff isn't even good anymore like it would be one thing to make it the best stuff you could get in the game that would be somewhat more reasonable but it's just garbage uh, the jar is one in four thousand, which is just out of control. Stupid. <laughs> that is dumb. Um, it's really dumb. Now that's... that now, to be fair, the jar is not essential by any means. It could be one no, of those items of that's like a third age, but you should add a you should add a diary task to put one in your house. Yeah, holy shit. But <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm com- especially just specifically nightmare. Yes, they could go in there and address it. And the place would become so much more fun too. Like you'd actually be getting drops left and right. It'd be fun. Same with uh same with corp, right? Like uh are are those items so broken that we need like a one in four thousand Ellie or whatever? Like is that Yeah, so this is a really touchable it's touchy because really those shields don't have much use. It's really about the flex at this point. Um, but personally, I would not be against them going in and completely changing those rates. But I know a lot of people would have a problem and people would be 
saying, you know, you're catering to irons or, and I don't even think it would be necessarily catering to irons. I think it would benefit everyone to just be able to get oh, yeah. something that's not just stupid, ridiculous, but who knows? And, um, maybe so, so there's actually something yeah. else in here too. Go. Um, a lot of this, a lot of this content, you see it with next, um, next and nightmare and corp as well these are all things that are originally designed to be mass content right or yeah. at least like groups yeah um and then they make solo content where it's more efficient or it's more efficient for you to solo it mm -hmm. right it's like corp specifically right i mean like well let's just ignore the fact of being an iron you can't do it in a group let's just like throw that out the window completely mm -hmm. um if you do corp in a mass, like you're not, you're not getting anything. You'll you'll be there for, you know, two thousand hours, and you'll you'll see one, like shield, not even not even a sigil, right? <laughs> like the rates are just insane on that stuff because yeah. it's the one in four thousand divided by whatever your party is. So, well, to get an alley, five man, that... yeah, but I mean, like, so if you're going for an ellie you're got a group of five people which isn't even that much Twenty thousand. like what's the respawn time on a corp like a minute it's twenty thousand minutes just to like in respawn time yeah yeah for sure you're incentivizing not doing it as a group yeah and and this was all content but pre-collection log pre-iron man mode like yep. you, you just had it was a fundamentally different game and you know, there are players that still like that because they don't care about Iron Man mode. They don't care about collection logging. Mm -hmm. So it's tough because, you know, the counter argument and, you know, I can I can sympathize with it is like not everything should be obtainable. Like you chose to limit yourself. Um, there's certain things that you just really don't need. Like you don't need any corpse sigils to have a good account. Yeah, um, no, I, I agree. But you're you're totally right where like what are we focused on now are we focused on like maintaining that status quo of like never change anything the pure game or are we trying to incentivize like fun reasonable grinds um just updating things that are just ridiculous i mean they updated jar of darkness jar of darkness didn't need to be updated but people were just like oh, no. bruh like what's going on here <laughs> why is this why is this so insanely hard to get um yeah, no, I agree. I think my my thoughts on it would be you you just go back and as old content starts to die or get outdated, you go back and you make it at least somewhat worth your time. It's probably how I would think of it. Yeah. Like if Fang just like makes rapier like literally just like pointless, at least make the rapier, you know, a little easier to obtain or something. I don't. I don't think people would like that specifically, but it applies. Yeah, but it makes it makes sense. Other content. Yeah, because yeah. because then... because you are saying like what you said earlier is like what about raids five, raid six that comes out? It's like is do you have to just raise the amount of hours to get these items, or are you just going to go back yeah. and relook it? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and I think the worst thing you could do is like twisted bow attachment or something, where it's like now you have to go grind out a twisted bow. Good luck on like actually getting it reasonably mm -hmm. or you have to buy one which is 1.2 bill like that's not exactly whatever 
And then on top of that, you have to get this other drop or buy this other drop. You know, you're spending... If you're a main, you're going to end up spending, like, significantly more than max cash or something. Yep. Like, it, stuff like that where it's... Yeah, there's, you know, there's, a lot to, there's a lot of stuff that's going to get pretty crazy in the next several years of this game. Like, especially when it comes to PvP yeah. items. Like, what, what are we doing with the 99 HP cap? Like... <laughs> There's literally items that can KO you. Like, yeah, so, I, so I thought about that actually. Um, when I was going over, when I was thinking about this prayer book specifically, I was like, "Well, is this like, do you just have to ban this from PvP, or are people just gonna like one shot crit people with an Elder Mall?" Yeah. Because of course they would. I and I don't. I'm not like I've done like some PvP, right? Like I've done LMS. I've done a decent amount of wilderness content. I think. Um, so, you know, it's like, whatever, but I feel like what you would want to do is because from what I'm understandable, PVP, a lot of it's just like RNG dice rolling, you know, who, who, who's lucky and hits a, you know, a 40, 40 on their dragon dagger or smacks a 70 with their void waker. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you just just like clamp the numbers, you know, make it so you do, you don't hit zeros. You're like guaranteed to do like between like twenty percent and eighty percent of the damage or something. Yeah. You instantly lower the threshold for like PKing, and you make it significantly less punishing to just have bad RNG. You can introduce some a bit more skill, still keeping some RNG into the game. I feel like that would be. As somebody who doesn't know anything about PvP, that would be what I would probably look at. Yeah, it's tough. I'm not in the in the position to talk on PvP. I've I've had suggestions in the past, but it really is like I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna be the one talking about the bear. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's mainly because like first of all, I don't know. I don't really care as much. I do care about the obviously wilderness stuff in general just because you know iron men still have to go out there but in regards to actual pking and pvping i'm just in no position to talk about it for a lot of things yeah i don't know what uh i don't know what people would want you know for for like actual updates to that um my worry would be that 10 years from now eight years from now this game's in a position where we, you know, you, you fundamentally can't add stronger gear to the game, or PvP is just terrible. Oh yeah, um, no, that's that's. No, it, it's it, it, we might already be there right now. Even I was surprised when I saw how high the Void Waker max was hitting for it being a, you know, alt, uh, alt damage style. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just getting to the point where it's just like a lottery roll, just like go into bounty hunter drop your specs and just pray you hit high <laughs> yeah, so silly. I mean, yeah i don't know maybe that's what people want though uh, people like you it know? people like just going out and just fucking around so well the... I'm sure there's i'm sure there's a lot satisfying about one tick killing somebody oh so yeah I totally understand why you want it in the game but i just um i don't know like how how far do you let a you know a subset of the game hold back the rest of the game uh for like balancing pvp 
Not yeah. sure. I luckily don't have to answer that. So. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, you you have a point as well. I mean, when we look at new items coming out, the strongest items can't have anything to do with PvP. The Tebow doesn't have anything to do with PvP. Scythe has nothing to do with PvP. Shadow, nothing to do with PvP. So, like, we've... We kind of have these niche restrictions where, like, they just don't touch PvP. But, like, it would be really cool to have just more weapons that don't have limitations like those come out that are really just pvp weapons where it's like you can just start dominating these monsters i mean in the future that where they don't have any yeah use in pvp so we'll we'll just have to see what they do in the future in regards to it because there there will have to be a point where there's a a cross line where this is a non-pvp item um so so actually i want to quit before we wrap up here, yeah. I want to quick say one more thing on bad luck prevention. Sure. Because we, we talked about like lowering rates, and I think that's that's like a good start. But if the content's also like actually dead, I still think there should be like you know definitely bad luck prevention, even if we change the numbers, because nobody wants to do nightmare for a thousand hours, right? So even if you reduce it to so like um, an orbs like one hundred and twenty five hours or something. You go 8x, you're still looking at a thousand hours. That mm-hmm. sounds ridiculous. But at the same time, I don't think it makes much sense for it to be like, well, you hit 125 hours, so you automatically make sure you have all three orbs. I don't. Maybe that's how it should work, depending on like what kind of item we're talking about. But what I thought of um, is something you could do. Maybe you make it like 2x the drop rate for a specific kind of item or something like that. Um, you have a guaranteed like lottery ticket drop or something or something whatever. And then you can exchange that for one item of like the set. So like you you hit your you hit the limit for like your um, you know your your orbs for nightmare at like whatever rate. And then you can you can choose what orb you get. So it's not like you're just guaranteed to get everything at that point, but um, you can limit it a bit while still making it like a, a fruitful grind, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, like they, in regards to specifically Nightmare, I mean, just one way to statistically make it a lot more feasible to not go incredibly dry is just make it so you get an orb and you get to, you know, choose what orbit is in a sense like you get to go power charge it the problem is is like it's not even that big of a problem it would just be a change where like okay now all orbs are the same price it is just one drop and now you get to choose or maybe it's even it's just like i mean i i personally don't have that big of a um a a care with it um but I, i think generally speaking without touching because some people don't want um drop rate protection i don't i don't have too strong of feelings mainly because i've never gone like it just absolutely extraordinarily dry on something like i went almost 3x the rate on mace which sucked (laughs) i spent Mm. over like 1100 hours at nightmare so that was absolutely miserable but (sighs) it's it's just tough i think just fundamentally things should not be that incredibly dry and um I think it it's not the end of the world to uh that, that rare or that dry or both 
I don't know. It's it's tough because there's there's controversy around this issue. But like, imagine you went as soon as you go one times the rate. Imagine there was something where it's like, okay, now the now the drop rate invisible to you is about ten percent higher, and then at two times the rate, maybe it's like twenty percent higher. I think uh, I think RS three is something similar to that, right? Where um, I think it's specifically for pets. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but it's like every time you hit drop rate, your chances double. So, yeah, it, it's it's just tough because it's fundamentally against what old school is right now. So I'm not really yep. going to take a position, but I do fully understand and concede the point that going incredibly dry is a problem. And we could have a discussion with the wider community about those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's something worth bringing up, hence why I decided to bring it up. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's something that isn't often brought up, but it is something that, especially for Ironmen, they... Yeah, it, specifically for the the outer ends of it, too, are really nasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, the the massive range, because you, know, you can go infinitely dry on something, technically. Yeah. Uh, that's not reasonable, though. But, um, yeah, I think that's more or less everything I wanted to talk about. Um yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. Cool. Yeah, no, this is really fun. I uh, enjoyed getting to hear your take. Uh, this is something I don't get to do often is just hear like the average players just experience and what they would like to see in the game. So this has been very helpful and very fruitful conversation for me. So I appreciate your time tonight talking. Um, yeah, of course. I'll have. Uh, is there any socials you'd want linked in the description? Um, yeah, any way not, for uh... people to reach out or? Nothing on uh, socials. Um, okay. I, I guess you can mention. You can uh, always message me in game if you want. Perfect. So, Dr. Dr. Torag. Um, if anybody is interested in um, in Iron Man Clan, I'll go ahead and plug that here at the end, just in case you made it actually all the way through. Uh, the clan is Unlucky Irons. Uh, it's um, it is a Iron Man only clan. So Iron Man, Ultimate Iron Man, Hardcore Group Iron Man, pretty much anything. Um, you got people from all skill levels, from people working on Barrows Gloves to people running challenge modes and tabs. So if you're interested in learning any content or just hanging out with some people, uh, you know, feel free to send me an invite or send me a message or, you know, just uh, look to apply. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. This was uh, a pleasure. Yeah, sure thing. Thank you. Yep. All right, guys, next week we are going to be having Puggin and Lake on the cast uh, at the same time, which should should be a blast. Um, if you guys want to support the podcast as well, there's a uh, Patreon link down in the description, and we will catch you guys in the next one. Take it easy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years. Years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.